1: Welcome to Brother to Eight Star Trek Edition. I'm Matthew. I said Trek, not Tracks.
0: And I'm Judah, and I I always let you do the introduction.
1: Uh, We went over this back in the early days. You didn't jump in in episode one and do it, so that was it. Okay. You, you, you forfeited the right.
0: <laughs> I just left it to you, and now you're the host, and I'm the co-host of this show for some reason. I
1: don't even think you meant to leave it to me. I just got there first. I just jumped yeah. in on episode one so that's it you you lost you gave up all the leverage right from the beginning
0: yep classic negotiating error that's uh, right. It's week 51 it week is 51
1: that's uh the same number as episodes as randy johnson wore on his uniform so happy randy johnson day everybody that
0: is it is it's also three times 17 that's true were you even aware of it
1: i knew it i knew that one you know how i knew that one calculating total bases I know a lot of those early times tables. Anything through, like, 50 or 60-something by four, I I got nailed down.
0: So, okay, all right, I get it, but, like, you would have learned this because someone hit 17 triples?
1: Well, actually, when I do... That's
0: so many triples!
1: uh, Actually, when I do total bases, I, I... Okay, I do singles, and then I add... One extra base for doubles, two extra bases for triples, or three extra bases for home runs. Just to let you, just to let you in on how I do it. Oh, okay, so if somebody I mean, I mean hits uh, one, right. one for oh, hits. I see one for hits and I see then... so
0: somebody who had seventeen home runs you'd have their hit score and then you'd add fifty one total bases for their home run total okay yeah. that's um
1: that's just how I do it because that's... that somehow
0: seems more convoluted to me that's but I the guess order hits I write is a the nice numbers
1: aggregate in. yeah yeah like I get the hits first. So that one's already on the page. And then doubles is right after that. Yeah, and I guess the stats never list singles separately, do they? They do not, because who cares? It's always hits, doubles, triples, home runs. So I guess maybe that is the most efficient. Hey, sorry, 51. <laughs> That's right. I can't believe we blew two minutes already. God damn it. All right. <laughs> uh, Yeah, well, guess what? We watched the Star Treks again. It's still happening. And uh, last week, the worst was Enterprise. So we started with that.
0: Yep. And uh, yeah. this week we watched... The Expanse? The
2: Expanse.
1: You'll want to look into it, by the way. That could be the last time you hear that song. I was going to say, that, I think the main yeah. theme changes next week. That's right. Yeah. Um, so that's good. You've survived it. Oh, uh, it changes to uh, the same song with like a different sort of a different arrangement.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right, The Expanse. A lot of stuff happens in this one, so bear with me. All righty. A weird globe appears from a rift and cuts a huge scar across Florida and Cuba. Then we move to Kronos, where the High Council gives Duras a chance to recapture Archer and regain his honor. Then on the Enterprise, Archer calls a briefing and tells the crew about this attack on Earth, which at this point they think may have killed a million people. And they're going back to Earth. They've been recalled. It's going to take them weeks to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in private, Trip wants more details from Archer because uh, his baby sister still lives in Florida.
1: And wait, wait, know... wait, wait, wait. Where's Tripp from? He's from Florida. Oh, I wish they told us that before this episode. I was kind yeah, of confused. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, well, Or that he had a sister. Anyway, she's like an archaeologist, so... Maybe she wasn't there, maybe she was off on a trip.
1: Archaeologists take a lot of trips, he said. He does say it. I thought he said architects.
0: That doesn't make too much sense.
1: <laughs> I wrote down I wrote down, wait, do architects take a lot of trips? I don't know. Maybe 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 he did say
0: architect and I just thought, well, that doesn't make sense That's and right. put archaeologist in my brain. Uh. As they're headed back to earth, eight Sulabong ships approach Enterprise. Somehow they get on board the ship. The power goes out. Archer's missing. He wakes up with the Sulaban. There's Silic, the bad guy from season one. Yeah. He claims he's not responsible for the attack on Earth, and he takes him to talk to the Shadow Man, you're not, also from season one.
1: You're not playing. There's so much shit that they fucking push into this episode.
0: Oh, I look, I, I'm not rushing through this. It really happens bang, bang, bang like this. Yeah. So Archer goes and talks to the Shadow Man, who is a bad guy and wants Archer dead. Most of the time, but this time he tells him, Hey, you know, that thing that just happened on earth, welcome to the Zindi. These guys are called the Zindi Hmm. and they have learned someone, someone did a, did a bad and told them that in 400 years, humans are going to destroy their planet. So they're building a super weapon to kill you in that probe. That was just a test. Also, um. My motives in telling you this remain very unclear.
1: Yeah, but I, did, I didn't take any g- of this down in my notes, so I don't mind saying this now. It's really weird of them to send the test device to their eventual target, because way to alert Okay, them. I kind of warn them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Heads up, guys, there's something coming your way. <laughs> it's
0: not a good strategy. We haven't seen the Zindi yet. We don't know anything about them, but they might not be geniuses. It could be. Uh... <sighs> Archer goes back to the ship. Uh he doesn't he has a little chat with T paul She says, uh, I don't know, why would we believe this guy? And Archer says, I don't know, why would he lie? And then she says, I'm sure Starfleet will be able to think of a reason. Like <laughs> that it, this can't we, we can't just take this at face value, right? Yeah. And Archer's p- pissy about it, as usual. I don't believe it. They get to the solar system. That's where Duras is waiting. He attacks the ship. He uh, disables it. Tells them they won't destroy. He won't destroy the ship if they turn over Archer. But then three more Starfleet ships approach.
1: Yeah, where'd they come from?
0: And force Duras to retreat. And it's like, hey, Duras,
1: did you not? Did you not know? <laughs> they don't know I, that there I were mean, other ships. To be fair, I've been watching all these episodes. I didn't know there were other ships.
0: Yeah, we don't get a good look at them. They might suck. Yeah, once called the Intrepid. Uh I guess they fix the ship too cuz the next thing we see uh Enterprise is in orbit and looking at the big scar in the planet. Um, Archer goes down. Apparently he tells Forrest and Soval off-screen about Shadow Man mm-hmm. and they don't they don't think much of it.
1: Well, we know like they find
0: it pretty hard to believe cuz I guess he hasn't told them about any of this uh, stuff before.
1: We know what Soval probably thinks about time travel in general.
0: Well, he comes right out. You don't have to worry. He comes right out and says it. Our scientists say time travel's impossible, and we're all very dogmatic and not smart.
1: That's right, and we don't like research. We're not going to research anything anymore. We stopped a long time ago. We're never doing it again. Hey, you know what? We figured this one out. We don't care. That's right. This one, uh, closed book. It's over. Um,
0: apparently... When we didn't see, Shadow Man gave Archer some coordinates to go looking for the Zindi. And it turns out that they're in something called the Delphic Expanse, which is A, three months away from Earth, and B, uh, the Bermuda Triangle of space. And Soval tells him like five ghost stories about it. (laughs) It's true. He's got
1: those loaded up ready to go.
0: He's like, nah, man, some Klingons went in there, and they came out inside out, but, like, they were alive, and then there was, like, a guy in the back seat with a hook
1: for a hand. <laughs> you should have seen it. It was fucking crazy. And the spaceship
0: behind him was honking, and they were like, oh, man, I don't I don't try. I got to get away from this guy who's honking at me. But
1: there was a guy in the backseat.
0: <laughs> um,
1: yeah, he went anyway. to the, the pelvic expanse.
0: Anyway, it turns out... It turns out that Shadow Man also uh, told Archer what to scan for. So they go to the wreckage from the probe and he scans using uh, quantum dating and he proves that one part of it is from 420 years in the future.
1: Yeah, I got a, I got some questions about that in world building, but yeah.
0: Uh, we'll get there. Um, And um, Soval is still unimpressed, but I guess that's enough for Forrest and also like they don't have a plan B.
1: Yeah, it seems like plan B is to wait around for another one of those things to show just up. Just wait
0: for the thing to show up and hope Enterprise can shoot it. I don't know. There must have been some reason they recalled the ship. Yeah. Forrest just wanted to seem like he was doing something, maybe.
1: Forrest, their very nice boss. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He is, he is their nice boss.
1: Um, they're,
0: uh, they're in the middle of refitting Enterprise, I guess, since they're here. So they're going to give them stronger weapons and shields and shit. Archer goes back up there. Uh, there's some cooked up story about a special kind of radiation for people who've been near the wreckage. Some Vulcan doctor is scanning him, but Phlox figures out that he's trying to get evidence that uh, Archer's crazy.
1: Well, you don't have to be a genius to figure that out. The dude's asking him a whole bunch of questions about how he feels about uh, what, the, what the, the Shadow Man told him. And...
0: You don't have to be a genius, but you do have to be more self-aware than Archer.
1: Yeah, Archer just gets angry.
0: <laughs> Archer just gets mad about the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tripp and Reed go down and look at the crater and Trip's like, yeah, no, no, this thing's like a mile wide, but it sure did wipe out my sister's house.
1: It's right in the middle.
0: It's just shit. She'd been right there. Just right there down, down where it's a big smoking hole now. <laughs> it's her so, and 50
1: alligators and they gone.
0: So that don't look good. It, she probably dead. Right. She's probably dead for drama. Uh, Archer and Forrest take a little tour in space. They look at the NX-02 being built. They talk about Archer's request uh, to have a, a bunch of soldiers come over. And Yeah. Are you going to be comfortable with military on board, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. At no point does Archer say, wait, what is Starfleet? <laughs>
1: He's like, oh, I thought... He should, but he doesn't. I thought this was Space Force. this, if this sp- is
0: not, If this is not... If I'm not military...
1: What is all this?
0: I have been firing a lot of weapons.
1: <laughs> yeah. Why did you give civilians all these weapons? What's happening?
0: Honestly, basically every week. <laughs> um, Phlox and Teeple have a little talk about uh, whether or not they're going to stay aboard. Phlox is definitely staying. He's cagey about it with her for some reason.
1: Yeah, I don't know what that's about.
0: She has sussed out by the fact that they're bringing a bunch of... Uh, s-
1: snow beetles? S-
0: Snow beetles. Mm. Here is the thing. I uh, I missed the context of this conversation because that snow beetles thing is right at the beginning. I thought maybe that was her nickname for, like, the Makos that are coming aboard. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, I don't know if you've heard, but, like, 2,000 snow beetles are coming aboard. And my first thought was,
1: there's no way 2,000 extra people will fit on this shit. <laughs> like, that ain't gonna work. And also, what a weird nickname. <laughs> and then I, I
0: was like, God, why are they called snow beetles? And so I'm like... Did they go and fight on Andor or one of these frozen worlds? Are they going to be wearing like some to,
1: winter camo? Like what's happening? It's,
0: it's, uh, it's, you know, it's like the Marine Corps devil dogs, right? And <laughs> it's like it's what the Germans called. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, no. So Flux is like, look, I'm personally very loyal to Archer. I'm extremely loyal to him.
1: Yeah, for reasons. He helps,
0: he helps me do genocide.
1: <laughs> Whenever I want. He says it's okay. Sometimes we and- we catch bats together.
0: And the rest of the crew is real shy about fucking my wife. Right. So <laughs> yep. uh, my loyalties are here, and I'm, they're going to need me out there in the uh, horror zone that they're going to.
1: The pelvic expanse is a dangerous place.
0: And uh, t-, t balls conflicted, but uh, r- but real quick, uh, real quick after that, we see that uh, Soval is going to straight up order her to go back to Vulcan. Yeah. Uh, what else happens? Trip and Reed have a conversation. Trip's real angry about his sister, and he wants blood. He wants vengeance.
1: Very much he so. He talks to
0: Archer about it. Hey, we're gonna kill all these guys, right? And Archer's like... I mean, yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, i mean, I think Archer. so, yeah.
1: <laughs> whatever it takes, or whatever we have to do.
0: Anyway, I guess, uh, as a favor, Soval lets Enterprise take t, t- back to Vulcan, which seems short-sighted.
1: Yeah. Or
0: he's trying to force Pole to resign.
1: Yeah, he maybe he knows this is he's, he doesn't is have to this pay his her opportunity severance to get or whatever. Rid of a problem.
0: Yeah, he's not going to have to pay her Vulcan severance. <laughs> That's right. They're not going to have to give her idic medallions or whatever. Right. Okay, whatever Vulcans get paid in.
1: Um it's,
0: well, Let's say Quatlus.
1: Those cool those those cool thing those uh joust things they hit each other with.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, the on wound.
1: Yeah, 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 they get paid in that, just a hundred oh, of those. Those
0: were Leerpas, the on wound was the second thing.
1: So they get paid in Leerpas, uh, you would think one would be enough, but no, they get they just get hundreds of those fucking things. Well, listen, they fight to the death all the time. Well, it's good to have a choice, then.
0: Uh, anyway, so they're gonna stop, uh, stop off at Vulcan on the way to the Expanse. Uh, Duras appears again. This time the Enterprise <sighs> has got good torpedoes. Yeah, And they're able to disable his warp. And uh, t asks uh, for permission to stay on board Enterprise. She's going to resign from the Vulcan High Command. uh, Because that's a thing a military officer can just do. Mm. Resign and join another military. (laughs) Uh, And uh, so they're going to head straight for the Expanse. Seven weeks later, they arrive at the edge of the Expanse. Yeah. Uh, They start to penetrate the outer cloud layer. But uh, then uh, three Klingon ships approach and they start firing. This time, Enterprise Torpedoes can't penetrate Duras' shields because he's got them configured 100% at the front. Great. Um, they, reach, they reach the expanse proper and the other two Klingon ships peel off and uh, Archer has Mayweather do a loop-de-loop in the clouds to get behind Duras and he blows him up and kills him.
1: Oh, nice. Some, uh, three, some 3D stuff going on here.
0: Then they get into The Expanse, and the third season starts.
1: Great. Uh-huh. What was this episode about? Okay. Um, I think it's saying that even among, like, a united crew on an important mission, um, you should remember that everybody has a different motivation for for what they're doing there. I, that's not a good way to say it, but... Like, for Archer, it's the weight of the responsibility he feels about the mission and the fate of humanity. For Phlox and T-Pole, it looks like it's just straight loyalty. For Trip, it's revenge. We don't really hear from anyone else about what they're doing, but um, kind of a common-sense truism. People have their own reasons for shit. It's clearly a plot episode, but yeah. definitely contains strong themes of duty, responsibility, loyalty, and revenge. So, for me, it was on the... Poor side. It was a four.
0: Uh, I gave it a four. Also, before I go into why, I just want to say that apparently there was a deleted scene where he also goes and talks to Hoshi, and it looks like she's gonna quit the crew, but then she doesn't. Ah, okay. So they they even cover some of her motivations in another scene we don't see.
1: Well, we don't see a lot of. Also, in a scene
0: we don't see, uh, we get to meet Archer's girlfriend Becky. Wait a minute, really? Yeah. And he's like, I'm gonna be gone a long time, and she's like, I'm used to that. Who the fuck's Becky? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, I'm glad they didn't show us that scene because who needs it? Uh, we did not need it. Yeah.
0: The, this episode came in ten minutes long, so they had to cut those two scenes.
1: That's fine with me. I'm okay with it.
0: Uh, so I gave it a four, also. And um, I think what they're doing with this episode is. You find out who your friends really are when the chips are down. Okay. Right? Earth has an existential threat. The Vulcans are useless. Mm-hmm. Phlox and t are staying aboard even though she has to resign. In... <clears throat> this is kind of an episode about how America felt about the French after 9-11. <laughs> like, Earth has been attacked. This is a terrorist attack, basically he's gonna go off and he's gonna ha- he's gonna have to go it alone right right where are our so-called allies etc cetera, etc cetera.
1: sure i mean i remember a pretty large contingent of um oh what did he call it what of the willing
0: uh, the coalition Co- of the
1: coalition willing. of the willing i remember there being a lot of countries in that so if they were really yeah but they about were France, like they were like Poland or whatever, right? And so then people would be like,
0: "Where's Where's France? Mm. We're gonna call them Freedom Fries." I'm I, sure you remember no, this no, shit.
1: No. I totally remember it. I'm just saying. I mean, Britain was there, so like, yeah. I don't know who needs France. I guess is what I was saying. But yeah, I do sometimes forget this is in the days just after right. the nine eleven.
0: So the parallels are there. If you read uh, reviews of this episode from the time, which I had to do, because it's not a strong take. This is mostly an action episode. Yeah. Uh, they were all like, ooh, ooh, do you see? Ooh, do you see what they're doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, do you get it? Uh, it's not a very Star trek take, right? Because the virtues that are being uh, extolled in the episode are like, Blind loyalty Sort of yeah And uh, Star Trek should be more nuanced It really should Like At one point he says Eight or nine Crew members He thinks no more than Eight or nine crew members Are gonna Leave the ship Before this mission Right No one explains Why that might be
1: Yeah there's Yeah Why
0: are those eight or nine leaving There's no There's nothing about What decisions people are making as they as they go into this potential suicide mission, and start a real good Star Trek take would be more nuanced. So for me, it's just a four.
1: Okay. Uh, what about how does this motherfucker execute? Uh, so number one, it's a very fast
0: paced episode.
1: Yeah, for some reason they felt like they needed to jam every like they could have done without any of the Klingon stuff.
0: The whole Klingon arc could have been what dropped. Is it for? Uh, for sure.
1: I, it's I a, honestly. No, it's a super good question. I don't know what it does for this plot. It doesn't do anything for it. It's just like, hey, remember the Klingons don't like him? So?
0: It doesn't do anything for this plot. Um, I think what it does for the show is it says this minor stuff is nothing. Right? Yeah. Oduras is dead. All Forget all of that Klingon stuff. We're doing the real shit now. Right, okay. So, at one point in this episode, so much shit had happened, I was like, shit, did we did I did we cross over? Was this like a 2-hour episode and Netflix has just removed the credits <laughs> right? And I checked and we were I was only 30 minutes in. Yeah. And there were only 13 and a half minutes left, and I was like, oh, man, they're just they're just moving through it. And then I thought, is the reason that um, is the reason that Enterprise's uh, action tone is so bad is that it's not committed enough to it? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Go like in it's, all the way
1: if you're going to do it.
0: Right, exactly. It's like, oh, it's too halfway between Next Generation and what an actual action show would be. Right. Whereas where the, when this one, where it's like smash cut, smash cut, things are always happening, uh, they didn't stay in any one lo- scene long enough for me to get, Uh, bored with it sure whereas like a guy darting out from behind a column and firing a phaser and darting back is is very boring it gets boring (laughs) after about 15 seconds
1: it's too bad that was that was all of episode one of this series
0: (laughs) yeah i mean it really is or like uh that that whole part of that episode where they're on that planet that's contested between the Andorians and the vulcans the one where the her
1: boobs go into his face no, does a different one. No, the one? second one, the one where their <laughs> oh, okay. their
0: shuttle has crashed and they're trying to make their way to the, Vulcan High Command or the whatever. The one
1: where Kalar betrays them. Blue Kalar. The, the one
0: where Kalar betrays Shran.
1: Right. Yes.
0: Um. There's a lot of like ducking around and shooting, and it sucks. Yeah. So, um, the fast pace and the actioniness I think work in this episode in a way that it usually doesn't. Okay. I kind of wish that they had dropped the Bermuda Triangle
1: aspect of it. Well, for one thing, it didn't really play into this episode because they haven't entered the Expanse yet.
0: Right. But we don't need it for pure stakes. Like, the stakes are high enough. Earth is in danger of being destroyed. Yeah. Enterprise is the only human ship that can take any
1: action at that distance. Yeah, they're going into enemy space by themselves.
0: And the Vulcans don't believe in information from the future, and they're not going to be any help. So, Enterprise is going to go it alone, far away. That's enough stakes. We don't need
1: ghost stories. Yeah. Well, too bad, because you got a whole season of them coming. Spoiler alert. Well. Post-spoiler post another... notification. <laughs> Thank you.
0: And then another um, problem is that the super compressed timeline in this episode, yeah. which covers... Six months, probably?
1: Yeah, well, they got a whole fucking refit that gets done on the ship and everything.
0: Well, it's like a um, at least a month to get back to Earth, and then several weeks while they're there, and then uh, seven weeks travel to the expanse, etc., yeah. right? Uh, it makes it very difficult to understand uh, Trip dealing with his grief. Sure. Like... Between the point that he thinks his sister might be dead and the time when he sees that the house is missing, it's been two months. Yeah. And then when he's having that little spat up on the ship with Reed.
1: Yes, it's been a lot longer.
0: It's been another, an unknown amount of time, but probably definitely at least a couple of weeks. Right. And they say at some point that the memorial service for the victims of the attack was three months ago. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so it's. It makes it very difficult to understand how Trip is progressing through his grief, how he's coming to terms with things, because you don't understand how long he's had to work stuff out.
1: Yeah, I guess the only point they might be making is that he is not, that he's not coming to terms with it.
0: And he certainly appears not to be, yeah. but even that would be better if we, if someone said to him.
1: Bro, it's been however many months, what's up?
0: <laughs> at, at some point, you're going to have to move on, right? Yeah. And then another thing that I didn't understand about this episode was why the information had to come from the Shadow Man instead of from Daniel's. Like, <sighs> what is the purpose of it coming from an enemy?
1: Just, again, I to shoehorn some characters in that we know. I couldn't figure it out, honestly. I was sitting there trying to... I was wondering what the fuck was happening. Then First there was Duras, then there was Silic, then there was Shadow Man, then there was Soval and Forrest, and they were just like, remember ever, all your old friends? The only one who wasn't there Everybody. was Shran. Everybody, else, We haven't seen Shran yet, but everybody else is in this one. Maybe that was another deleted scene. Maybe there was a Shran scene <laughs> where he's like, are you going to come with me or not? And Shran's like, I'm not risking my neck for any pink skins.
0: No, it would have been a communication where Shran is like hunkered down in some bunker fighting the <laughs> Vulcans. Right. And he's like, I'd come with you if I could.
1: You know I love you more than more than a woman, pink skin. You know
0: I never run away from a fight. I'm Shran. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Everyone remember me. <laughs>
0: um, uh, so having said all that, I didn't hate it, but the episode has some flaws. I gave it the uh, down the middle five.
1: We are on the same page. I gave it a five and to go a little quicker trip, I found detestable. Uh, Archer showed some flashes of his old shitty self. Otherwise, it was a decent exploration of how people approach an important mission as well as a tragedy uh, for Star Trek anyway. Uh, and it does a decent job of laying groundwork for a new arc. It's very plot-heavy and not super useful as sci-fi, but um, it sets a tone, so it was fine. It was a five for me. And um,
0: uh, here's the big question. How many points did you give it for world-building? Because gave, it's obviously
1: attempting to set its stage, right? I gave it a five. Um let's just go through it there's duras again uh how come that family doesn't have more of a reputation with starfleet isn't all of this shit stuff that data should have pulled up in the computer in tng or is and he be like yeah these guys don't like us or is he some kind of unrelated duras
0: i mean we if it's an unrelated
1: duras it's a real dick move of them to use what that a name. fuck you yeah exactly Ah, uh, let's see. Alien probe attack that kills, it turns out, 7 million people. Um, never heard of that before in the other Star Treks either. So, that seems like no. one of those things they'd shoehorn How into How many their... people
0: do the Borg kill? About 10,000? Yeah, Wolf 359. So, that... uh, Well, look. Uh, billions of people have died in TOS, and <laughs> no one seems bothered by it. That's true. They're so, not necessarily all Federation people, yeah. but I think some major planets have been Federation people and millions have died.
1: But most importantly, they're not uh, Earth people. Right. And even more importantly, TOS is wild, so I'm mainly talking about TNG. It <laughs> yeah, feels like in TNG when they shoehorn in two real events and a fake event, one of those should have been that event. The one where the probe came and killed all those people.
0: Uh, You know what? Again, again, though, uh, how many... How many people died in that earthquake that we just learned about two Voyagers ago? Well,
1: I don't know. Most of California just fell into the
0: ocean, so who can say? Yeah, so it seems like a lot, right? (laughs) seems like probably 20 million people were killed.
1: Uh, Let's see. Silic and the Sulaban, the Zindi, and the Temporal Cold War is back. Uh, Klingon birds of prey of the era had at least four disruptor banks. All right. The Delphic Expanse. 2,000 light years across where sometimes even the laws of physics don't apply. Well, according to ghost Story, so then, so uh, all. How Sylvain. Soval. How does this dumb quantum dating scanner work? Yeah. I don't think the thing that they're scanning has aged negatively. It just came through a dang old time portal. Like, wouldn't it still read as whatever age it was when it was built, however long it existed before it took its trip, and then however long it's been here since? Like, what is this thing?
0: So, one... Okay, this is a good question, and they don't explain it. <laughs>
1: right. They're just like, it's minus 420 years. Do you believe me now? There are some
0: types of dating that we use now that tell you how old something is. hmm Like radiocarbon dating. Sure. There are some types of dating that tell you a specific time that something happened. Um dating based on geology for instance right, right. You know, rock strata or uh, dendrochronology right tree rings okay they don't give us anything to go on but the assumption seems to be that it's measuring some something that is expected to be a set time throughout the whole universe right okay and, and for some reason, they have programmed their instruments to read it as a delta <laughs> to the current time, as opposed to a specific year. And that is very silly.
1: Especially considering that the Vulcans have been telling them the whole time, there's no such thing as time travel or anything like that anyway. So why would you even so need that capability? it would only be
0: programmed to read in one direction
1: anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's like when the, in whatever, one of the first few episodes we watched of TOS where the, the numbers went red when they went backward in time. And it was like, why did they program that? Why does it do that? Why did they program the numbers to change color when they went backwards in time? I guess by TOS, they have lots of evidence that time travel is possible. <laughs> anyway, so that whole thing threw me for a loop. Um, that wasn't great. Uh, let's see. Uh, per- Periodic radiation, I think they said, was the justification that this fake doctor was using. Not sure if that's a real thing. If that's real. Yep. Uh, the NX-02, Enterprise gets a retrofit with some new weapons, photonic torpedoes. Um, they're getting some troops coming along on the mission. So that shows there is still like a real military arm to whatever Earth Starfleet force it is. I don't know if they're part of Starfleet or what the fucking deal is, but. It's a very interesting question because
0: Reed's other option from Starfleet was the Royal Navy. Just the right? straight
1: up Navy of Which is the United Kingdom. a
0: specific nation and they don't go into any detail we haven't so we don't see the soldiers we hear one general's name we don't know anything
1: about these troops that are coming on board well you'll get to see plenty of them later post spoiler right. notification i know that we will
0: um I you know you know that i know because you heard me
1: say mako that's there you
0: go which is not said in this episode
1: uh the high command wait a minute do you know that because of the video game uh,
0: the video game from reading ex scientia okay. articles,
1: lots of stuff. Okay, because I know you haven't watched Enterprise, so I have not. Uh, the High Command. It's to me. The High Command does not want to send Pole into the Expanse. Uh, the Vulcan ship Kara that went crazy in the Expanse. Um, so I guess that's all the time it took for them to become stronger than the Klingons. Just this much time because the Klingons were like way ahead of them in the first season but now they're just like blowing the shit out of these Klingon ships like when they first come up with those torpedoes they dick his ship up
0: they were able to destroy one bird okay yeah that's true so they can beat a Klingon ship if their Klingon ship is not prepared for them for sure Yeah, but like... Because in both instances, they're not matching strength to strength, right? The Klingons underestimate them in the first instance. I don't know why you would have your shields at less than that. That's what I'm saying.
1: Why would you not be defending yourself? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, maybe you wouldn't be shooting at full strength if you were afraid you were going to blow up your target that you wanted to capture or whatever. But like, you wouldn't be like, we don't need shields. I mean, unless... Yeah, you you wouldn't think so. Um... Okay, so it actually did an okay job of introducing new concepts, races, technology, locations, kind of what you're supposed to do with world building, but not all of it was good, which is why it's only a five for me.
0: I went even a point lower. I gave it a four. Okay. Uh, I'm using a lot of outside information to know that Enterprise is changing tone. Right. And that this stuff about the Zindi is going to be a long arc.
1: Yes, it is.
0: However... That was also information that would have been known to the general viewer at the time because they were publicizing it pretty heavily.
1: They're like, "Hey, whatever we're doing," because they were trying
0: to get people to keep watching Enterprise.
1: (laughs) Yeah, what we're doing is not really working, so we're gonna do we're gonna do something.
0: We're going in a wild new direction. Yeah. So I have to give them some credit for it. You're right. Some of it doesn't make a lot of sense, and there are a lot of opportunities to explain cool stuff. But this episode is too full of dumb action.
1: Yeah, it doesn't take the time to to do them like.
0: Right. When Forrest asks Archer, are you comfortable having the military on board?
1: There's so much there. Yeah, you could, there are so many connotations just in that question. You could be like, all right, let's sit down and think about this. Like,
0: at least talk... Give me two more sentences yeah. that explain what Archer thinks the mandate of Starfleet is and what the distinction is.
1: Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, what is their place in Starfleet or near it? What What is this? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, another... Another two sentences that shows how Earth is responding to being attacked, not Starfleet.
2: Yeah.
0: Is this, we know that the nations are still somewhat distinct. Is this unifying them? What's happening on Earth as the result of this? like a a paragraph, a minute of dialogue. (laughs) right? And they don't, they don't do it. They rush through it. It's only a four for me world building because so much is left unsaid. Sure. Uh, the only the only other thing that uh, you didn't mention that I give it some credit for is showing those other Starfleet ships.
1: Oh yeah, that was uh, again surprising to see them.
0: Like we knew that there had to be more than one because Starfleet already existed before Enterprise flew. Right. But like, I guess now we've seen a couple.
1: And they even looked like starships, so it's like they're yeah, they're the real deal.
0: Although I guess they hang out in the solar system mostly, which you would if you could only go warp two.
1: Yeah, there wouldn't be much point in going anywhere else. Yeah, it'd take you a long time to get anywhere else. Yeah.
0: Um, characterization. I gave it another four points. Okay. This episode is not a character study.
1: Not really, no.
0: And I would have liked more, particularly from Tapal. She makes a big decision. In this episode. Yeah. She, uh, although we don't see it, presumably resigns from the Vulcan High Command.
1: Uh, She says she's going
0: to. She doesn't explain her decision. She has a talk with Phlox where she mostly listens to him talk. Right. Then she goes to Archer and asks to stay on board. And she says he's going to need a science officer. But that can't be why. Right. Right. That's what's going on inside her. And I get that she's a Vulcan and she doesn't talk about her feelings, et cetera, etc. Cetera, et cetera, Spock would have.
1: Well, yeah. Right? Yeah, I think so.
0: So I would have liked more from her. I also would have liked to see Archer have to explain that he's been in contact with and been to the future. To have to like get right with Forrest About some of his decisions and what he's been keeping From them.
1: Yeah right you're right Because at
0: some point we don't see It He's probably told them about the Sulabon But like When the Vulcan Doctor says to him you've been in Contact with people from the future and he says On many occasions (laughs) Yeah. He can't be Telling that Vulcan doctor that for the first time Right And at some point, Forrest is going to have to go, and you decided not to tell us uh, why?
1: That's right, yeah. Because uh, me and Daniels, we broke down real hard, and he told me it was a bad idea. Like, there's got to be a thing here where
0: Forrest is unhappy about being kept out of the loop, but he has to send Archer out anyway, because what's he going to do? Recrew the whole ship before he sends him out? Yeah. So, that was a piece of missing characterization. Otherwise whatever everybody's in the middle of shit right now and it's not a character episode so i gave it a four
1: uh i gave it a three let's see uh Flux doesn't usually get asked to staff briefings so he's not considered like um like a dr crusher or Bashir type who's part of the senior staff or whatever
0: well, i don't know if picard would have been inviting
1: crusher to the staff briefings if he um wasn't trying to get at that that didn't get muff. tingly around her yeah yeah uh Flox uh, gets real mad at this Vulcan doctor and you know, gets real shouty about how he was trying to trick uh what's his name? Um Trip has a little sister and he's from Florida. <laughs> his sister was right in the path of that beam along with seven million others. Uh Tripp really takes after Archer. All mad that Reed's obsessed with memorials and telling yes. him to stop telling me what to do also he'll actually miss Pole when he thinks she's leaving um Archer is very much not an electric brain shouts no <laughs> shouts at Pole for no reason early in this episode
0: listen we fucking knew that Archer Archer would be stomping on his hat if he had I mean he does have a hat doesn't he
1: he has that uh, ball the ball cap the NX ball, the cap. ball cap sometimes yeah, yeah. Uh, but he will also really miss people when she's gone I guess Um well, he has a crush on her and stupidly told her about it. Also, he and Trip are in full 80s action movie vengeance mode in this one scene.
0: Uh, definitely. Also, they're in weird ribbed turtlenecks.
1: Yeah. And they go to the bridge like that, too. When they get attacked. Um,
0: uh, It's not the worst thing someone will wear on the bridge in this episode. <laughs> in this week, I, I should say. Week of episodes.
1: Forest is such a nice boss. Must be a real pushover. Uh, T-Pole has grown accustomed to stinky, over-emotional humans with weird food. Um, for me, Trip was hard to watch, and Archer was kind of bad, so it was a three. Uh, I do want
0: to say, I didn't think that was a bad scene where Archer is clearly trying to be lighthearted about her leaving. Right. And like trying to. Trying to get her to, just even as a joke
1: Just admit that There's some good that, good things about leaving
0: Right, exactly And yeah. she, she won't play in the space with him
1: Right Yeah Um oh, I think we gave it the exact same score overall But we will find out later
0: Uh Yeah, they add up the same We just uh, allocated our points very slightly
1: differently Alright, I got some uh, I got some quick ones Yeah, give them to me That probe wasn't all that good. The one in the beginning of the episode. It does a straight shot from Florida to Venezuela, which a lot of that is just water. Like half of it, at least, is just just cutting through the Gulf of Mexico. If it had just started a little higher up or something, or shot a different direction. Like, why is it shooting the water?
0: Not only that, and this is the top of my quick hitters. But it missed all the good parts of Florida. Yeah, it didn't
1: even like, like nail it Miami. Maybe
0: it maybe hit Disney World. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. But it it did not hit Miami at all. Yeah, I don't
1: I don't really know what that probe was doing. That was a real fucking he tried to no scope Earth and didn't do a great job. Yeah,
0: he mostly cut a hole in the Everglades. Then yeah. nothing. Then Cuba. And I don't know enough about Cuba
1: to like where it to hit. say yeah.
0: what part it hit, if it hit anything good in Cuba. Uh then it made it all the way down to Venezuela. Maybe it hit some oil fields down there and did some damage. Who knows? But I'm surprised like, it got seven million, that's honestly. What, that's what I'm saying. Given, like given that track, it doesn't seem right. Um Oh, by the way, in another parallel to September eleventh, every time they keep revising the casualties
1: upward. Yeah. Um that's what this is where I have written do architects take a lot of trips. Um uh, let's see. Okay, so this old boy, Shadow Man, didn't tell the humans about the Zindi because he didn't think they'd believe him. And seven million people died. It sounds like what he meant was, I don't care if seven million people die. Yeah. Because...
0: um, <sighs> this I mean, this is part that doesn't make a lot of sense, right? He... His explanation for why he's telling them now is because if the Zindi defeat Earth, it'll uh, destroy Earth. It will contaminate the timeline. Yeah, but like every action we've seen him take so far has been to change time.
1: Yeah, it seems like he does not really care about that part of it. So again, unanswered why Archer believes this guy. Yeah. Uh, This Vulcan doctor is a creeper. He must not be a real Vulcan doctor. Is it silic Oh, OK, never mind. It's some kind of spy.
0: Oh, yeah, we've all forgotten that silicon uh, shape change.
1: Yeah, for a second I was like, oh, what's going on here? Because uh, it's obvious from the start that that is not a doctor. Um, All right, so he said he has coordinates from future Shadow Man.
0: But he doesn't know where in the expanse to start looking.
1: That's what I'm saying, but later he says he didn't even get a hint about where to look in the expanse. So, like,
0: which the, the is expanse, it? The expanse, by
1: the way, we're told is 2,000 light years across? Yeah, which is it? Does he have coordinates or does he not have a clue?
0: Was he like, go here, this is the door to the expanse? <laughs>
1: this is where you enter? That's, you're going to want to go
0: to the back, you're going to want to go to the loading dock? <laughs> this is
1: the main entrance, and then just ask the secretary, and hopefully you can get someone to escort you through the expanse. Um, Who was doing the cinematography on this uh, Vulcan emergency distress call? This, uh, uh, this video yeah. they got from the expanse. Who's the DP on this? Yeah, in
0: TOS, someone would say, wait, that can't be ship's recorder footage.
1: Like, who was walking around with the camera in everyone's face? <laughs> it changes angles yeah. all the time. Who filmed this? Ugh. And then I have, uh, how long was Duros waiting for them out there? Like, months and months? <laughs> just fucking hanging out out there. Uh, I hope T-Pole bothers to send a message to Vulcan saying peace out. Because she just says, like, well, I guess I'm going to resign. And then they just go on their way.
0: Yeah, honestly, I assumed that the very next thing would be Archer saying, like, I've given T-Pole a temporary commission, et cetera, et cetera. It does seem like his policy is we'll deal with this later.
1: Yep. We got more important things to take care of. I know we
0: have seven weeks of traveling to do, but (laughs) we're going (laughs) to need
1: every one of those weeks to get ready for the expanse.
0: We'll do the paperwork
1: later. Yeah,
0: that's all I had. Um, I have a couple of things. Why doesn't Archer just get some gear out of Daniel's sealed bedroom to show Forrest?
1: I I, I also wonder that.
0: Uh, Archer tells, asks Mayweather if he can do an L4 at this speed. Is L4 just loop? (laughs) Is it like, hey, loop has four letters because all he does is a loop.
1: Yes, this is always what happens in Star Trek Is that if some dialogue happens And then it gets turned over to the animators And they go
0: If it's just a loop L4 is an extra syllable Stop saying it <laughs> That's right uh, And then when Duraza's shit blew up I wrote, I get it We're done with this tired old Klingon shit now It's Zindi time Yeah Um, I give best actor to Archer in this one There weren't a ton of candidates
1: Wow, that's a rare win for him
0: yeah, but he doesn't. He's not at his whiny babyest in this one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's never. He never cries in this episode. <laughs> That's good.
1: He holds and it together give, real uh,
0: good. I give worst actor to uh, Duras helmsman. <laughs> that guy was acting real big, but not but not believable.
1: Well, well he's dead.
0: <sighs> uh, in fourth place last week. Yeah we watched uh, uh was voyager so that means this week we watched warlord
2: thank you
1: for playing one of gary's running man themes <laughs>
0: I wanted to. uh, I wanted you to have to do this one through tears, thinking about the Monday couple.
1: (laughs) I was in tears because of the teaser of this fucking episode. Um, (laughs) It's
0: so bad. It's so
1: bad. This teaser is some fucking nasty holodeck shit with Neelix, TP, and Harry that sucks, so I'm going to skip it. Uh, Hope you like feet, everybody voyager comes across a busted up ship and they beam the crew on board to patch him up once on board one of them uses some fucking telepathic powers or something to beam their consciousness into kes who breaks up with neelix i guess they were dating and then um she shoots a bunch of people in transporter room and uh, goes down to their planet via shuttle to become ruler of this dang planet i guess turns out kes is now hosting the the mind of an old dictator who was booted out some time back but now has returned to Reclaim his empire. Look, I'm not going to get deep into this because it sucked. Kess does some sex persuasions, po- political maneuvering, fleet assembling, all in an effort to squash her opposition led by another dude hiding out on Voyager. Uh, Tuvok goes down to use his own T powers to stop Kess but fails. Kess and the dictator do battle in her mind until she's eventually victorious with the help of Voyager and that guy who was hiding out on Voyager. And uh, this dude's war finally ends because the doctor figures out a way to keep his mind out of other people's heads forever. Boy, that was brief, huh? Well, you know, it wasn't very good. What did you think this episode was about? Um,
0: if you decide to remake yourself, you're going to have some new weaknesses to go
1: with your new strengths. Holy shit. I don't know, man. It doesn't seem like an important lesson. I gave it two. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm... I've never. I don't believe I've ever purposefully remade myself.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, right?
1: <laughs> so you know, this
0: guy is super. He won't leave Kess's body. Boy, you again. You really rushed through it. He's got this ability. It uses technology to transfer his consciousness to another body. Yeah. Everybody thinks he should get out of Kess's because he's getting bad headaches. Yeah, yeah he's Kes got all is the still migraines. fighting him the whole time. But he likes that he can use her telepathy to make people have nosebleeds. Right. So he don't want to leave. He wants to explore these powers. But in the end, guess kind of ruins him. Yeah. Like, she makes him irritable and he's a bad judge. Here's the problem. Okay, it's a big problem with this episode. We'll get into it in a minute when I talk about execution. Um... The big problem is that also he just loses the military side of it. Yes, that's exactly what happens. So nothing about the cast story really matters. I I gave it two, but maybe what did what did you think?
1: I no-taked it. It's a zero. Oh, straight no-take. Yeah, yeah. I gave it a fat a fat knot. Uh, an execution, although obviously dictatorial. I actually liked that Tiran, the name of this guy, was sorta of reasonable and like wasn't an irrational psycho. Like they could have made him more mustache twirling. Yeah. He but he was like He 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 tried to use reason. So they went
0: They went with this guy, and boy, all Star Trek villains are like this.
1: Yeah. They went sexual. Yes, well, especially when he found himself inside this little lady's body, he got real yeah. sexual. He's gonna do
0: a seduction of the, I guess, second person in line to the
1: throne, right? Yeah, it's one of his political he's, maneuvers. He's
0: definitely gonna make his, Airsat's uh, wife and his new political fiancé have a three-way with him. Uh-huh. For sure. He attempts... To seduce Tuvok on the premise that, eh, hey, these guys spend a lot of time together, maybe Tuvok's mad horny for her. Yeah. He does go he does go hard sexual. Despite the fact that Tuvok is 60 times her age.
1: <laughs> she must be almost three by now.
0: She's gotta be almost three. Maybe Tuvok's only 40 times her age now.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's true. It is very But you're sexual.
0: right that they don't make him mustache twirling. He wants to build a library
1: yeah he wants everyone... uh the part where
0: he wants everybody to have a garden but, I think yeah. is we're supposed to see his Kess's personality coming through, but like
1: but he he does seem worried about ruling well even if he doesn't want anyone else to have any say in it, and he does seem to care about not pissing off Voyager if he doesn't have to, but he's
0: he's very impatient, yeah, and I think that that is probably we're supposed to believe because he ha he's struggling with Kess the whole time, right. And it's making him, I don't know, cranky and irritable.
1: Uh, So anyway, outside of the uh, intense sexuality of this villain, I didn't necessarily mind what they made him like. But please don't give us any more alien mind abduction episodes. The resulting performances are always pretty terrible.
0: I mean, you know we're going to have to do five or six more, right? I
1: don't want them anymore because the actors aren't good at it. Why was this lady walking around in spiked heels? I'm not even... Let's get into it later. I gave it a four because I thought it wasn't as bad as it could have been.
0: Okay. Um. Sorry. I scored, scored that in my column. Uh, I gave it a one. All right. I think it was a bold, bad decision to have the entire episode focus on Cass, who is not Cass. Right. In addition, we have created a new holodeck fantasy setting, which is Voyager's third fan. I remind you that they are rationing energy. (laughs) Here is a third place people can go to waste time in the holodeck.
1: Yeah, I skipped all that.
0: And I hate the Star Trek trope that all villains are rapey.
1: Yeah, yes.
0: And frankly, this was not an enjoyable watch. No. So I gave it a one.
1: All right, that's fair. Mm, what about world building Voyager's strength you know they're out there on the Delta Quadrant so there's just nothing but fucking f- fucking fields to reap
0: Okay, so number one it's always a little crazy to me that you can beam a shuttlecraft around
1: yeah yeah
0: but I guess you can like you can load a helicopter into a C5 God, yeah, I don't you know can. you know maybe maybe it's not crazy Wanna, Maybe they still like still have different purposes. I don't know.
1: I'm going to make a C5 my next uh, Twitter picture.
0: Oh, there you go. Uh, here's the only thing I feel like I learned about the universe from this episode, because we'll never see these idiots again. Right. Uh, and I count the, uh, if the cast Neelix breakup is permanent, I count it as characterization. Okay. Uh, Voyager runs tactical drills, including
1: Neelix. <laughs> the including Neelix part definitely is pretty wild. Yeah. Well, how much was that worth? One. I am in full agreement I gave it a one. They don't. We don't learn
0: anything. There, there's nothing new comes out of this episode. This is an isolated thing that happened that was a real bummer. Uh, by the way, I'm not counting as world building the sudden emergence of the
1: ship from Quailor 2 in the <laughs> Delta Quadrant. Because <laughs> yes. I don't think we're
0: supposed to remember
1: that. Yes, what I know is the combat vessel from the Star Trek card. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, look, uh, some dumb Talaxian resort where you can pay a lady to touch your feet. This, uh, let's see, this trade route is always plagued by mercenaries and thieves. Seems like a bad place for a trade route. No kidding. The background on this baddie and this planet that won't matter after this episode.
0: By the way, I really expected him to say why they had to use it. If you're going to say this trade, I don't know, man, this trade route is a real bummer.
1: But what can you do? Because all the asteroid fields, it's just what exactly, are you gonna, you're right? something. Yeah. Oh, the gravity wells from these uh, these uh, fucking stars, it's, they make it, so that you gotta go this way.
0: Our ship's computer wasn't capable of uh, finding its own route. We have to follow the
1: pre-programmed routes, you know, something, anything. Yep, but no, nah, of course not. Um, we've talked about it before, why does every planet have a unified government? Yep. We've asked that recently, in fact, but like seriously, every planet they go to... Even when they're at Civil War, it's for the control of the entire planet or whatever. Um, Yep. I guess a little bit of continuity where Kes and Tuvok's powers and their connections are concerned, but uh, it was not a world-building episode, so I agreed it was a one. Did you give it any points for characterization? Um, Sorry, I said earlier world-building is Voyager's strength. It's actually characterization. We know this to be true. I see, that's correct. Uh, Tom Paris thinks this holodeck program would be better if the bartender dressed like a reject from Color Me Bad. Also, Steel Drum. He, does. he wants Steel Drum too. He's not satisfied with
0: that guy. I honestly I wish we hadn't talked about Girls Gone Wild last week. It's sort of been a good
1: intro. This was the perfect time to talk about it. Uh, Harry plays sex volleyball on the holodeck, which is wonderful.
0: Yeah, it's awful. Mm, my hopes for the doctor's bedside. Oh, by the way, clearly not sex beach volleyball. Cuz there's three of them. There's three there's three of them.
1: Which is why that's not
0: the right number either. B, those women were not beach volleyball players. Oh no, they, they should have been a foot taller and much more muscular.
1: <laughs> Hella lean, just
0: nothing but uh, but yeah, one one percent body fat, bone and, and muscle, very tall. Yeah. Uh, my hopes. No, for- you're right. It's sex volleyball for sure.
1: My hopes for the doctor's bedside manner were were quashed almost immediately as he screams at this lady who's injured and worried about her dying husband that she will go to sleep or he will put her to sleep. Yeah, that's wild. I was uh, like, oh, okay, never mind. He's still a fucking asshole. Uh, uh, Great. Now Balana is getting off on the holodeck and doesn't care who knows it, just like everybody else. (laughs) I'm okay with the equal opportunity part of that, but can't we have, like, anyone on the ship who has a private sex life? Just private from my eyes, at least? No, just Dr. Phlox. And he's in another whole series. Uh, Neelix is hella needy. Um, Cass fights this dude the whole time in her mind and uh, even fights off her own horniness about him, clearly. What is this episode? You saw at one point where she was aroused by him, right? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Tuvok goes down and has some mental matches with Cass slash uh, and at the end of the episode, has some useless advice for Cass about, uh, I guess, coping with this experience. It was a two for me. Uh, I give it as many as three Okay So
0: This is an episode about cast But she's not herself So of course this is never going to score a ton of points right? Right All of the points I give it really come from The Two Tuvok scene at the end With the idea that they're going to have to deal with stuff that like oh yeah things are going to be different to you now and honestly in Star Trek that's not what we see. I was
1: going to say I wish they could believe that that would be a real thing. <laughs> can, you,
0: can you? But it's like they don't even really pay lip service. Do you remember when O'Brien was taken to Cardassia mm. and uh, had a tooth pulled and was
1: tortured, et cetera, and told over and over again he'd be executed in two days or whatever. Right, 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 yeah, yeah, all
0: that good stuff. And then Sisko was like, oh, you're going on this vacation.
1: Yeah, have a good time on your honeymoon, you two. Yeah, yeah they didn't deal with that, did they?
0: Uh, so they don't even pay, pay lip service to it in most, like, there's like three times when they do uh, Picard after the episode where Picard fights in the vineyard. I'm glad we have both remembered the same one. <laughs> uh, uh, the scene maybe the scene at the end of chains of command when Picard tells Troy that he could have sworn that he really saw four lights, okay uh, maybe, right
1: yes, it's at least a scene
0: it, and uh and uh, and then this one, I guess
1: <laughs> usually like the third one is oh yeah, this one
0: this one yeah, uh and then I guess you have to count it as something that it seems like Kess and Neelix are broken up because at the and again. We don't know that they're going to stay broken up because the usual TV rule is everything goes back to normal. But they don't show us it going back to normal at the end of this one. Yeah. And Kess is like, I don't know, even my relationships with the crew all feel different right now.
1: Yeah, and I've asked this, I don't know, five or six weeks ago. Did they already know they weren't going to keep Kess on very long? Uh, that's it a good question. kind of feels like they have been distancing everyone from her and especially us, which I'm okay with. I'm okay being away from her. Quick hitters Well we're burning through this one huh Good Normally we spend a full hour on Voyager Not this time Um The teaser
0: begins and ends On Neelix's prosthetic feet Yeah Do you think someone said Listen these feet were expensive Can we at least show them one more time
1: Well who commissioned them A monster I want that person found And fucking I want some street justice on that person.
0: Also, you didn't say it because you didn't say anything about the (laughs) teaser at the beginning, but it opens on Neelix making an (sighs) orgasm face and whale noises. And listen, I know that I said last week how delightful I find Kentaro the Sweet Tooth Salaryman. Yeah, you did. And his faces are a big part of it. I don't want it in Star Trek.
1: I agree. I agree. I that. don't
0: want it from Neelix.
1: I agree, obviously.
0: If that's the tone you're going to take, you got to do it right up in episode one. That's right. in Cantaro.
1: That's right. This is a sex show. So that show. you know what's happening. He, this guy has sex issues. Get down with it. Yep. Uh, very gross. Mm.
0: Okay. Uh, let's talk about Bolana's Man.
1: <sighs> yeah, the big specifically, beefcake speedo.
0: Specifically that... Posing pouch of his. Yes. Was that a custom job <laughs> made by the props team there? Or was that a monstrosity you could actually buy in the nineties? <laughs> it is very tropical neon colored fabric. Hell yeah. It has the thing that you sometimes see in women's bikini bottoms where the side is a ring.
1: Mm. Like the
0: two straps are connected at a ring. Yeah, yeah. But also it's three of them. It is. Wild hot
1: garbage. Uh, my guess is that's a props that's a props department.
0: Someone job. at props made that. So they someone read in the script that the man was wearing a very sexy bathing suit, and then they went,
1: oh shit. What are we gonna do what with would this?
0: Would that
1: be? What year is it? 1996? What's sexy? Uh what colors? colors? Yes.
0: <laughs> uh this old boy who plays uh Demus. Yeah, the guy
1: the, hiding out on Voyager.
0: Yeah. He was giving me real strong
1: Ike Barinholtz vibes. Oh, interesting. Did you not get that? No, I honestly, um, because of the teaser, I found myself not super interested in this episode. I see.
0: You weren't really watching this.
1: Across the board, I was not interested in this
0: episode. Uh, Anyway, it's not Ike Barinholtz, and Ike Barinholtz probably would have been too young at the time that uh, this came out anyway. But uh, had the same, um, had many of the same vocal qualities. Mm. and also eyes and teeth. (laughs) Okay. You know what I'm talking about. Well,
1: when you got all that alien makeup on, that's how you identify someone. You look at the eyes and the teeth. Here's my question. Did
0: Voyager fight alongside Demas' fleet after all?
1: Kind of seemed like it. Didn't it seem like (laughs) Yeah, it kind of seemed like like they did.
0: Because it all takes place on the surface of this other planet, we just hear that the fleet is coming with Voyager and that they're outnumbered? Yeah. It seems like in the end, Janeway was just like, Nah, we'll just do military intervention.
1: I guess at the very least, they were like a distraction target. Maybe she didn't do any shooting, but she was definitely there.
0: Yeah. So And then, they do a combat mission on the surface. Yeah. They come on down with their phasers to do a rescue mission. Go commando. And both Janeway and Chakotay are on the mission. <laughs> she must really be comfortable with Harry Cameron and that ship.
1: I know, because Tuvok's already missing.
0: Tuvok's down there. She's going down there, Chakotay is going down there into combat. Yeah. When the prospect of space combat is also very real.
1: That's okay, she knows B'Elanna will boss Harry Kim around, like last time.
0: Yeah, we don't see who she left in charge, but I think the assumption has to be it's gonna be Harry Kim.
1: Yeah, Oof.
0: I gave Best Actor to Nori, that is the name of uh, Tiran's wife.
1: Yeah, she was in it. And I gave worst actor to Harry Volleyball Kim. God damn. Okay, this might be the worst opening in the history of Star Trek, if not all of television. It's extremely unpleasant for sure. I'll finally get into it. As you said, opens with Neelix making O faces and getting his gross Hobbit feet rubbed. What the fuck is wrong with everyone involved with Star Trek? Every Star Trek, they can't keep the feet stuff out of it. they can't keep the sex out of my Star Trek. It's like
0: the Star Trek writers all met on all series and agreed that they were really into feet. Yeah. Oh, you're into feet too. And it has just become they must talk about foot stuff all the time in the writers' room because it has become so normalized that every sexual interaction is a foot interaction. That's on right. Star Trek
1: feet primarily feet first, feet first and feet last when you do sex in Star Trek. Uh, I recognize the combat vessel from Unification, obviously. Um,
0: it's such a. It's funny because it's such a mean looking spaceship, way meaner than the normal stuff you see in, in Star Trek. It's much more aggressive looking than the Hoosnock ship from last week,
1: for that's, instance. That's true, which looked kind of QB,
0: Right. Uh, but both times we see this ship, it's destroyed in one hit.
1: Yeah, and we'll get to it in a million years when we do Unification, but I'm still a little confused about that i'm a little confused about that whole scene but again what's that season five yeah it'll be a while um all right is that mid-season or is that the end of season five i think i feel like it's a mid-season two-parter like a letter nimoy special
0: they didn't want to make you wait for the whole summer after the spock reveal at the end of part one
1: yeah because i think the last one of five is redemption
0: Wait, is Time's Arrow also a mid-season or is that one of the
1: Isn't that the season six? The
0: end of season 6 is December. No, you're isn't right.
1: It? Yeah. Huh? Uh, nah, doesn't
0: I matter. used to know this stuff. Um anyway, long time from now.
1: I wrote one note about Cass with the proviso that I was waiting to see if she had been altered in some way in the beginning of the episode and like literally 1 quarter second after I finished typing that sentence she started blasting fools in the transporter room. Yep. So they didn't wait very long for that reveal. Um then I realized it was a Jennifer Lean acting episode, and you were excited. I was super excited. I was really excited. Uh, yet again, Voyager ruins some planet. You know, oh, yeah. Just as soon as they show up, it just never ends.
0: I mean, this one was this was just a humanitarian mission.
1: Yeah, yeah. But as soon as they show up, one of their crew members gets uh fucking possessed. Uh, and it's the one with telepathic powers and becomes their new fucking leader down there on the planet. And they have to, like, fight an insurgency to get her back. By the way,
0: Voyager's <sighs> down another two crew members now. Because she does kill two of them.
1: Uh, she killed the transporter chief, at least. Who else did she kill? Uh,
0: She killed two people in the transporter. Oh,
1: right? I thought one of them was, like, the representative from that planet. Oh, shit. Who got, who might like, be right. Who, like, beamed aboard or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You're right, you're right, you're right. She killed one crew member and the and the
1: ambassador or whatever. I would have said it if I bothered to write like a full fleshed out synopsis of this episode. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Tuvok just watches this guy pull that device off Cass's face. Yep. No neck pinch or judo chop or anything. He puts the thing on her face and the guy comes right over and just pulls it right off and Tuvok just looks at him. <laughs> like this was your plan? Your plan By the was the to way, briefly it was put on- it on her.
0: It was on Kess's face for roughly three quarters of the amount of time it later takes to <laughs> right. pull Tyrion out of the final guy he's in. <laughs> yeah, it should have still also, worked. <laughs> also, by the way, I don't think they ever installed the technology in Amaron. Was that his name? Sure. Right? Like, they they think they're going to be able to get him out of Kes because they're sure he's going to put the transfer technology into her, but he transfers into Amron at the last second to try to escape them? Right. And when did he have that stuff implanted?
1: I don't know, man. I I thought I missed something. I thought the doctor said he found a way to do it, even without that thing, but maybe he didn't. I don't know. This episode was garbage kind of was. My last note again was: Why is this dictator wearing spiked heels? I guess it's because he's so sexual. Yep, puts her in a leather cat suit too. I didn't really understand what that was. If he's like a big, a big beefcake man. Yeah, When we see him in,
0: inside Kess's mind when she falls asleep.
1: Yep. He is like a weird barbarian man. So of course, when he took over her body, he dressed her up in the cat suit and the spiked boots. Okay, great. Well, let's move on to the next one, because that was fucking horrible. Third place last week was TOS. This week we watched By
0: Any Other Name. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. It died. (laughs) All right, we have the big three and two red shirts beaming down to a colorful world because they got a distress call hmm. and a man and a woman approach and they've, they're they wearing blue jumpsuits and they've got their hands on their belts and they demand that the Enterprise surrenders. Yeah. Kurt gives them some sass and they uh, freeze the landing party to varying degrees of looking frozen.
1: <laughs> Depending on whether or not one of them's D. Kelly, you mean?
0: Yeah, mm, <laughs> sort of. <laughs>
1: Um, <laughs> Look, he's already very old at that point. It's probably super hard for him to stand still. The man
0: uh, who is Rojan. Rojan?
1: Rojan? It's uh, been
0: a week since I watched it.
1: I think it's Ro- I think it's Rojan, and I kept wanting to say Rohan when I saw the subtitle.
0: Yeah. Rojan of Kelva right. announces that he's going to use their ship to leave the galaxy forever. And if they attempt to resist in any way, they'll be severely punished. Hmm. Uh, these, uh, these old boys are from the Andromeda galaxy, and they've been on a mission to find another galaxy to conquer, because some shit's about to go very wrong at home.
1: Yeah, they got some radiation or something.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so they're definitely going to conquer and occupy our galaxy, so that's bad. Meanwhile, other Kelvins have begun taking over the ship. Uh, one called Hanar calls down and reports that they've captured it, and, um... Uh, Rojan says they're going to modify the engine so they can make the journey in just 300 years, during which time their mission will be passed down to their descendants, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. These guys were born in space. Uh, Kirk tries to offer a diplomatic solution. Um, You know, he says, hey, we got, we're just fucking ass full of planets that people <laughs> could live on here.
1: Someday we'll be giving these things away like candy, you'll see.
0: We, we will give planets to any refugees that come through any kind of wormhole.
1: Kirk says to him, Hey, I've heard about this place called Draylon 2. Have you have you heard
0: of Draylon 2? It's you, pretty good.
1: You should probably check it out.
0: You guys are farmers, right? Anyway, this is Draylon 2. Uh, Rojan tells him that they are conquerors and not colonizers. Oh, so that's kind of a dick move. Uh, and puts them in a little jail that they've constructed down there on the planet. Uh, in the jail. The away team decides that uh, these guys probably aren't really humans because, despite that theory of parallel Earths that we heard about that one time, Mm -hmm. they couldn't possibly have developed exactly the same.
1: Oh, finally. Finally, someone in TOS says, nah, though.
0: Uh, It's already pretty wild that the Klingons just look like us with brown makeup on.
1: This is another galaxy, though. I think this is a no.
0: There's just like, no, there's just no way. Yeah. Um, and they also think that the paralyzing force comes from some central projector down on the planet and they're going to try to figure out where it is. I don't don't blame worry them. about this. We're going to leave this planet and never come back in a minute.
1: I don't blame them for thinking that though because of every time they've had to destroy Apollo's temple or shoot a computer yep. or whatever.
0: Honestly, this is Spock's go-to move. Yes. Find the
1: power source, blow it up. It has literally never failed him before. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: Spock uh, tricks Kalinda with that same weird mind trick that he used in the episode where people reported to the disintegration chambers. Yeah. They actually mentioned the planet Eminar. That's true. It's like the maybe the only instance of continuity in TOS.
1: That's pretty wild. Yeah.
0: Um so he tricks her with that mind meld thing and then uh you know Kirk Karate chops her and they take her remote control. Uh anyway this is also nothing because Hainar and Rojan are right outside and they immediately stun them. And then as punishment, they turn the two red shirts in the party into 12-sided dice made out of foam.
1: Thank you. I saw that, too. (laughs) I called called them Dungeons and Dragons dice.
0: For sure. Uh, And then uh, Rojan crushes one uh, in order to punish Kirk and restores the other. And now Yeoman Thompson is dead.
1: Oh, well. Was she the one who can't Uh, read? Was she the one who tried to read in that teaser and was having a hard time reading?
0: Yeah, that's right. She's definitely. like, in
1: the teaser, she's like, Captain, I'm getting readings. And you're just like, oh, boy. <laughs> yep. She was one of these um,
0: mildly pretty background characters that they bring in. Well, Shat probably
1: requested that, the, well, Gene Roddenberry requested that <laughs> everyone yeah. everyone on staff and uh, cast be mildly attractive.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Gene Coon used to call this show uh, Tits in Space, so. There you go. Um, oh, and actually, I guess we should say that the woman, Kalinda, is wearing a jumpsuit of basically the same cut as uh, from what her little girl's made of, but it's solid colored. It's
1: not as good. Oh, I'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't lost on me.
0: Um, no, I didn't think it was lost on you. I just wanted to make sure <laughs> that we didn't forget <laughs> Paid, to talk about paint it.
1: Paint a word picture. Yeah, it was like, yeah. A, like, a, like a almost a Carolina blue, maybe a little bit lighter. Yeah.
0: No, honestly, frankly it really was kind of a I mean it was a powder blue basically. Yeah. Uh back so they're back in jail and Spock is uh, thinking about what he saw in the mind meld and he's like, "All right, so these guys are like super smart Malboros from Final Fantasy."
1: <laughs> yeah, all these tentacles and shit.
0: And the, I guess they're in human form because they need to use the Enterprise.
1: Okay. Right.
0: Uh someone says the word jam. At some point. (laughs) And Kirk asks Spock if he can rig McCoy's neuroanalyzer to, I don't know, fuck with the Kelvin somehow. Okay. And Spock says, shit, maybe. And so they use another Vulcan trick to fake sick and send McCoy and Spock to sickbay.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: He goes into one of these Vulcan uh, deep meditations where his heart almost stops. Seems
1: like he's got a trance for everything.
0: He's got a lot of trances. Um, on the Enterprise. So anyway, they get him to sick bay like a minute before everyone beams up to the
1: Enterprise. Anyway, it's true. It is kind of stupid
0: <laughs> on the Enterprise. But I guess now he's a, they think he's sick, so they're not watching him. I don't he really.
1: He got know. a head start on that shit.
0: Uh, the ship goes to warp eight and then to warp eleven, which everyone finds unbelievable, mm. and that puts them only an hour from the galactic barrier. So I guess they were fucking around near the edge of the galaxy anyway.
1: Well, you know, in Episode 1... Or
0: Warp 11's hella
1: fast. In Episode 1, they get to the Galactic Barrier in, like, nine minutes, so...
0: Yeah. Uh, Spock looks at the fancy machine they have in engineering, and he's like, ah, there's nothing we can do to destroy this thing. So, Scotty, we're gonna have to set it up so when we go through the barrier, the ship will get all blowed up. <laughs> right. And um, they tell Kirk, and Kirk is not into it.
1: Yeah, they've come up with this great plan... And they seem like they think this is like a foregone conclusion that he's going to agree to this plan.
0: Yeah. I mean, Spock tells him, of course, the captain will have to make the final decision. And here's Spock on this is, listen, we can't let these guys get back there and say, oh, yeah, go to the Milky Way. It's super it's super good for for conquering. Like, right. that's where you're going to want to go. So we're going to blow up the ship to save the whole galaxy. Yeah. That's the stakes we're working with here.
1: But clearly Kirk is not... Uh, Janeway and Picard didn't learn it from him that their plan A is blow up the ship. No, definitely not. Because he does not want to do it.
0: Because we have a tense scene here where Scotty is sitting there with his finger hovering over the glowing <laughs> switch to blow up the ship and Kirk just doesn't give the order. Yeah. As soon as they get out of the barrier, uh, Rojan sends Hanar to start turning everyone into crystals except for uh, basically Kirk... Spock, McCoy, and Scotty. Yeah, like everyone else is non-essential. Uhura's a crystal. Chekhov's a crystal. All the red shirts that hang out on the bridge and smirk from time to time. Crystal.
1: Sulu's still back on Earth for his mom's hundredth birthday, so we didn't. Sulu's see God him.
0: knows where. He was in the last one, but he's not in this one. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Kirk tours the ship with Rojan who tells him, "Hey, we found your suicide switch. Anyway, it, it wouldn't have worked. So I guess Kirk didn't make the wrong decision, right?" He's off the hook for this one. It's not his fault now. Thanks, writers. So these four are left. They go to have some dinner. They're eating foam cubes. Tomar comes in and asks them what I think it... Tomar's another one of these... Uh, he's the one who seems like he must be Spock's stand-in. <laughs>
1: That's right, yep.
0: In terms of his physical appearance and uh, the way he talks. Yeah. Uh, he comes in and he's like, why do you guys eat those foam cubes? We just eat these pills. And frankly, it's a pretty good question. (laughs) Because the foam cubes, it looks like you have to eat a whole fucking plate of them.
1: It's a lot of cubes, for sure. It's a lot of cubes. Unless those things are real light and airy, that's going to sit pretty heavy inside of you.
0: And they don't look like they'd be good to eat. No, they don't. Is the other thing. Like, you never see... McCoy never eats one and goes, Mmm!
1: (laughs) Fucking delicious.
0: But... It is McCoy who encourages him to, I don't know, fucking try them.
1: My favorite cube's purple.
0: And uh, Kirk and Spock uh, watch this guy enjoy eating these cubes, and they realize that, as usual, food and horniness are going to be their two weaknesses. (laughs) Uh, It's another one of these where the pleasures of the flesh are going to be too much for this advanced alien race. Just
1: like Al Green sang, food and horniness.
0: So they break it up. It turns out we've seen four of these guys. And there are four people left, so everybody gets one. Scotty gets Tomar real drunk. Uh, McCoy starts giving Hanar crazy shots that make him real angry. uh Kirk, of course puts the moves on Kalinda and uh Spock <clears throat> encourages Rojan's jealousy basically by telling him how much Kalinda seems to be into it.
1: I'm telling you she he fucking put an apology kiss on her and she was her engine was revved.
0: I don't understand it either, but uh, mm, Boy, she, she, sure, she sure does She sure understands it <laughs> Anyway, we're playing uh, chess uh, It works Rojan goes and tells her Hey, don't see Kirk anymore And uh, Hanar's getting real angry From his shots Scotty gives up his last precious bottle of scotch Which for some reason he keeps in a suit of armor <laughs>
1: By the way, I didn't realize... Oh, I'll get into it later. I didn't realize for a while that was Scotty's quarters until he goes and, and pulls the thing out of his armor. And I, oh, shit, we're in Scotty's quarters. That's right.
0: It just looks like any room. Yeah. And, but then you're like, oh, yeah, there's like a... That is all Scottish shit all on <laughs> yeah. the walls.
1: It looked so cheap. I hadn't even thought about it. But yeah.
0: <laughs> it did seem like a badly decorated ward room or something, right? Yeah. Uh... Hainar blows up at Rojan and gets confined to his quarters. Uh, Kalinda comes back for more kisses. Spock rats them out. Of course. Scotty drinks Tomar under the table and passes out himself. Kirk starts slapping Rojan's face and then they fight like beasts. (laughs) And then in the middle of this fight, he convinces them that they could just not conquer the galaxy.
1: He's got him in a chokehold and he's like, why don't we just like take it to the Federation?
0: Yeah, and we'll send a robot ship with our proposition to Kelva to say, Hey, come how about Draylon two though? Come
1: and come and chat with us about Draylon Two. I hear it's on sale. It's on sale. You it's could get it at a really good price this year.
0: And you guys can just stay as humans and live on the paradise planet that this whole thing started. <laughs> And I guess that's what they're going to do because the show is over.
1: <laughs> because even though earlier he flat rejected the notion that he should like think about colonizing some place, now that he has Kirk's arms now around that his he's throat,
0: been in a slap fight.
1: <laughs> he's like, "Well, I mean, I guess it's better than this." <laughs> well, this sure sucks. My neck got all wrenched and it doesn't feel good. <clears throat> Matthew. Oh yeah. What's this episode about? One should not be rash, but strive for a solution that benefits everybody. Uh Well, I, that's nothing. That's a five. I mean, it's right down the middle. um In any of the non-TNG treks, this is actually kind of a nice message. Because you don't get it very much outside of TNG.
0: Yeah, I see what you're saying. In the other ones, they would have realized that uh, uh the Kelvins were Varlis and that peace with them wasn't possible and they would have killed them. That's exactly correct. <laughs> Sorry to use Orson Scott card language.
1: Uh, so, I mean, this is also... This is what the Rodden, this is how I think of the Roddenberry universe. I realize that in TOS it's often not this way, but it was in this one, and I kind of enjoyed that part of it. Um, so it was a five for me, even though it doesn't sound like a lot.
0: I guess. So the lesson here is don't blow up the ship. There is always the chance for peace.
1: Yeah, just like keep... keep maybe, maybe soon you'll have your arms around this guy's throat and you can convince him.
0: <laughs> I see.
1: Here's what I wrote.
0: If you decide to remake yourself, you're going to have <laughs> some new weaknesses to go with your new strengths.
1: Yeah, alright.
0: I don't know, man. It doesn't seem like an important lesson. That's, I gave it two. Yeah. Now, if it sounds like I copy pasted from Voyager, that is incorrect. I
1: copy pasted to Voyager. That's right. You watched this one first. I did.
0: I'm so This is just should get right into execution. I'm so fucking sick of it. Yeah. I'm so sick of this story. We just had it two episodes ago. It's fully an, a third
1: of all their episodes.
0: Where an advanced race gets takes human form briefly and is so seduced.
1: Yeah.
0: You asked me not to say the word sensual.
1: <laughs> Di- Diana Maldar, but that's what it's about again. Diana Maldar did this a couple of weeks ago.
0: Diana Maldar just did this. Yeah. Um, before that, uh, we had the witch episode. Yeah
1: right? Yes, we did. The one with all the the giant black cat, you mean?
0: Yes, the giant black cat.
1: Yeah, that was a great great fucking episode.
0: What is this supposed to mean? Are yeah. we supposed to put aside our emotions and devote ourselves full time to capital P progress? Hmm. Like, what is Star Trek saying with this? Like, oh, look what these people have had to give up to be better than us.
1: Yeah, all that's sex and or, food.
0: Or it's impossible to even Try to engage your intellect and better yourself Because at the end of the day You're just going to get horny We all just animals, like, bro Why is Star Trek obsessed with this idea?
1: I don't know Because Kirk always manages to find a way through it And it's like If these guys are so advanced How come they're basically animals But Kirk isn't
0: um, Well, we know Kirk's half an animal And he values that half but he needs it to be a, a proper and he commander he needs the half that's going to R Yeoman Rand
1: To be a good captain
0: to be a good captain. Yeah. Okay, so there's that aside. I hated that. <laughs> I, I'm sick of. I'm sick of it. I have no faith that Star Trek <laughs> won't pull another one of these on me.
1: Oh yeah, just give it another week or two.
0: It's coming back. It's just. It's just wild. We just did this one. Right. The first half of this episode is very serious. The second half of this episode is
1: very silly. There are some tonal things for sure.
0: So and there's nothing that you like. It's like as if crossing the Great Barrier made them silly. Except that's not what happens.
1: No. The music made them silly. The background music that was silly made them silly.
0: Right. And then... This episode resolves so quickly, we don't even see Kirk go back to the bridge. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He has... He's just... They do the beast fight. Yeah. Rojan agrees to it. End of episode. There's no wrap-up. We don't see them go back to the planet or cross the Great Barrier or, for instance, reconstitute the rest of the crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just over. Um, uh, I gave it a zero.
1: Wow! <laughs> a, a non-no-take zero. Just a yeah. zero. Wow! They just...
0: There's nothing that I liked about this episode.
1: We are so far off on this episode.
0: Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, no. Was this your big episode of the week?
1: No, but I mean, okay. Given that this is the same plot that we've gotten 15 times before, I found this somewhat better than a lot of those bad TOS God being episodes because it had small touches that I like. All right, let's hear him. Maybe
0: you can talk me up.
1: It had Kirk failing at first in his attempt to seduce the lady. Yeah. Who's like, so you're trying to seduce me? And he's like, uh, well, I mean, yeah, I guess. Uh, But but by the way,
0: he actually failed to seduce the woman in the witch episode, in the black cat episode.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. He He actually tried and failed to seduce her. was Was she a mind reader or something? something like she, that. she she yeah. like knew what he was thinking or whatever um it had kirk not wanting to blow up the ship which is yes. very rare in star trek
0: which also means that the scene where rojan tells him he couldn't have was not
1: necessary that's true uh it had him not knowing what flower that lady was holding when in star trek everybody knows everything about everything
0: yeah, it's true. Riker definitely would have known what that flower was. Then you were gone. why does Riker know that?
1: Yep, you, it would have bothered me the whole time. I would have gone, I really don't <laughs> fucking understand what the future is. Did they just get downloads into their brain? Like, why do they know everything? But Kirk they straight up every, goes, every villain knows Earth history. She goes, what's this? And he goes, flower. And she goes, what's variety. it? Co-? He's like, I don't fucking know which one. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Even the, I like how the enemies decided to be kind of reasonable in the end. I know it came out of nowhere, but for the guy to just go, you mean like we could just like ask for a planets and stuff? I can't believe that's worth pointing. <laughs> it's to you. like, well, look again, every time the guy is not a mustache twirler, even if I can't necessarily understand his motivation, it's better than if he had just gone, no, we'll take everything. Yeah. Um, so I actually, I had fun watching this episode. Um, wow. Now obviously it doesn't get a lot of points Because this is, plot has happened 150,000 fucking times already When will we be lucky enough To see something different Like are we going <laughs> to get to see another kind of episode It's a real good question Or is this it, is this the rest of Star Trek How many more episodes we got
0: Uh, 30 something About 30, around 30 <sighs> We're 60% of the way through Let's say
1: I had it as a 4
0: Okay. I thought it was going to be worse when you said we were so far apart on this episode.
1: Well, what did you give it for the take again? Two. Okay, so...
0: we're At this point, we are seven points <laughs> I apart, I was going to yes. say, we're
1: already seven apart.
0: Ten is the most ever. Yeah.
1: What did you give it for world building? Mm, let's see. This superpower guy from the Andromeda Galaxy dealing with radiation issues back at home. The Kelvin Empire... These guys can speed up Enterprise so we can get to the Andromeda Galaxy in just 300 years. They got fancy metal bars in the Spock jail. Uh, Spock uses his Vulcanian powers again through those rocks.
0: Oh, yeah. Fucking everything is made of no known material. Mm-hmm. Like if Spock had just said it's steel, mm-hmm. we would have gone.
1: Eh. Here do you I don't know it's too hard for me to break through What are you going to do about it
0: <laughs> Like what do you want me to do punch it it's steel <laughs> Yeah you go punch it punch it all day you idiot I guess you can karate chop it if you want Captain Kirk It is steel though
1: uh, A hundred tentacle limbs is what Spock describes these dudes as Yeah that's a yikes uh, Vulcan trance is more restful than Also they have the attack bad breath <laughs> That's right that's, Actually it's the best blue magic to learn That's true <laughs> Um the Vulcan trance is more restful than our so-called vacation. God damn it. <laughs> did you take that video? Did you take that audio clip? I, I wanted, I thought about it, but I, I got, didn't. I, it's stupid. I got a lot of questions about that. He doesn't
0: deliver it in a funny way is the trouble. Yep. It's just a stupid thing that he says.
1: Uh, they got some more of that negative. What do Vulcans call it? That's what I was gonna- Do they not call it vacation? Like, this is a this is clearly a part of my (coughs) characterization now, but I have their Spock pretends not to be able to speak their language when he says more relaxing than one of your so-called vacations. Yeah. Like, what? (laughs) Um negative energy is back again. We got some more of that.
0: Yeah, there's continuity
1: with the Great Barrier. Um Not enough here that I feel will matter later on, but I forgot about the MNR continuity, too. It's um, uh, true.
0: It is there. That power of Spock's is a real power. I thought it was dumb in the MNR episode.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's a, I, was, I thought it was a three. Okay. Ma- uh, well, mainly based on continuity.
0: I also gave it a three. Okay. Uh, with Great Barrier again, yet another race overwhelmed by sensuality. So this is a common trap. In Look this, out for this one, it, humans, because we know from TNG you're about to go there.
1: In this case, sensuality was a tool. I think it was jealousy that ultimately did them in.
0: Yeah. Because uh, I think this chick yeah, was just kind of like playing.
1: Was
0: all of their human senses became weaknesses again. Yeah. Uh, McCoy's neuroanalyzer. I think we saw that in
1: Wolf in the Fold. It's weird this had so much continuity. Was this like not a new scriptwriter? This was like a, a returnee? That's a good question. I don't know
0: uh warp 11 is very fast yep uh lots of suitable planets left to colonize which i guess helps explain why every planet has three people on it
1: well you can't you don't
0: there's fucking tons of these planets we got a sp- we're spread thin right now
1: oh, you need to do your science experiments well we got a few planets that are open we are
0: aligned on this one i also gave it the standard three for world building
1: how about character work
0: it seems a little out of character for Kirk not to try to blow up the ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm on If we're honest here. Sure. It, I felt like it would have been more in character for him to reluctantly give the order, and then it doesn't work. And then Rojan says, we detected your attempt to blow up whatever,
1: right? Now I will turn you into cubes.
0: But everything else is basically as expected. Right. Uh, Spock was real good playing off of Rojan. I didn't hate Scotty's drunk acting drunk acting I usually don't like, but for some reason in TOS they do it okay McCoy was good in uh Nazi episode
1: I think people were just more drunk back then
0: maybe it could be um so this is where the points go I gave it six
1: now we're back in step I gave it a seven now oh, there we go
0: uh oh, this also does not then become our most different episode.
1: No, I think that happened a lot early on because neither of us had any idea what the hell we were supposed to be scoring things. That uh, could be. Um, let's see. Kirk is pretty calm on the planet after being frozen. I know there isn't a whole lot he can do, but I feel like Archer and maybe Cisco would have still been much angrier at this alien for freezing him. Instead, yeah. the Kirk. Well, the but other those guys, are the
0: two angriest captains. <laughs> right.
1: Instead, the other guy's like making a move and Kirk has to tell him to stop. Instigating, keeping that red shirt in check. Um, uh, he gives this broad a judo chop. He sure does. Which is real Kirk. That's the good old Kirk. Again, there's no right way to hit a woman.
0: We know that's Kirk's philosophy. That's right. So we must. Have, that doesn't mean you don't ever hit a yeah, woman. Yeah, he specifically
1: didn't say that. He yeah. did not say don't hit a woman. Um, Kirk's plan A again, not to blow up the ship. Um, in fact, he's appalled by Scotty and Spock's plan He loves the ship That's the thing we always have to remember about Kirk.
0: He loves it so much Yes, his ship, whom he loves like a woman
1: Is disabled And, uh, of course, his part of the plan Is to attempt to seduce this lady Again, Spock pretends not to be able to speak their language um, He helps breed jealousy amongst the aliens And While he's playing uh, chess with this boy Um... Nurse Chapel is bad at playing along with secret McCoy plans. She sure is. But what are you talking about? We shouldn't do... What, why would we talk him that? Doctor, you can't give him
0: Stoke... Stokely. If you give him Fucking a, Stokely?
1: Yeah, give him the, the Stokely. That's what you use to wake someone up he's from gonna, a trance. He's gonna give this old boy Stokely? I mean, that's what you use when he's in his trances. Is he in a trance right now? Um... <laughs> Scotty gets one dude with whiskey. I didn't, Again, I didn't realize at first this was all going down in Scotty's quarters, but then I saw all the armor and shit. Yep. Uh, the big three I found were reasonable, mostly. C- careful, measured, and their plan succeeds in the end, and no one was a real dildo. So yep. that's why it was worth what? seven points. It's
0: true that there was much less dildonics than <laughs> often uh, in
1: TOS. Maybe I was just in a good mood. We already know our moods really affect these scores.
0: Well and we were very far apart on this one Because I was incensed as soon as I realized How they were going to get out of it
1: uh, I got some quick hitters
0: As soon as that old boy came in and he's like Why don't you just eat pills I was like oh no They gotta get, oh, him. No. They gotta get him right here Oh no <laughs> Oh he likes the food
1: Oh no <laughs> Hey but they, they he did like the food but they got him with booze Yeah booze is what got, got him for him. sure um. Again, I already said that lady in the teaser couldn't talk so very good. Um, and then I have. Uh oh, who's this fox with the cut out clothes? Why does this work for me? Oh, they gave me a close up of her weird face, and I was back out again.
0: It's fucking not even side
1: boob is the wild thing about it. Then later on, it's like. I was, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say. Then later on, I was back in again. Yeah. We had a real roller coaster of a relationship, me and this lady. Uh, yeah, her
0: her her makeup uh, is not helping her in this
1: episode. I was in and out on her the whole time. In and out was like a robbery. In
0: another episode that we saw this week, there's like a 40 second deep cleavage shot. Yeah, it's not it's it's not jumpsuit level. <laughs> no, it's not book. Is what I'm saying. That's
1: right uh again old d kelly not so great at pretending to be frozen poor guy i felt bad again i wanted to call this guy rohan every time i saw his name in the subtitles yeah it's hard uh, got turned into dnd dice Uh the help he's sick tactic just continues to pay off for this crew uh
0: honestly i assume it's because for some reason in all other alien races it It didn't make it into their TV.
1: It's just never anything they've seen.
0: They've just never seen TV about (laughs) prison breaks. That's why we're so well prepared for
1: all this shit. Yeah. We know all the prison breaks. We know to fucking do a shoulder roll and say no time for backup. Like we got all of it. (laughs) Um.
0: Ah, oh, fuck. You remember that Voyager episode where Harry Kim fucking started blasting shoulder rolls and shit? Yes. Like,
1: what? It was not good. Was that the one where they sent oh. Harry Kim back because they That's, had to make things that right? That's correct.
0: Harry Kim and the baby go back to make things right. Um, <laughs> it was like, ah, uh, it turned out Garrett Wang really wanted to do some shoulder rolls, so I didn't get it.
1: <laughs> what if I did, like, a super sick move right here? Um, is that why he shouted parkour? Yeah. I already talked about Kirk not knowing what that flower was. It was so big of this Kelvin guy to admit he was wrong about food. Oh, that's true. Uh, You know, I just respected that a lot. That he's like That's true. He wasn't
0: real arrogant about it, like, I still think pills are better. Well he
1: was like when he goes in, he's a real fucking asshole. He's like, look at your stupid foam cubes. Why what's wrong with you guys? Then he sits down and chows down and he's like, Hey, I'm just gonna say it. I was a kind (laughs) of an ass before. This is really fucking good.
0: Hey everybody. I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry. Uh, I get it now. I'm willing to try some other stuff that you got, if you got anything else, um, because this is some good shit. Uh, They have taken on human form, and now they are susceptible to some deep dicking, and that's all I had.
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay, so at least this time, the young woman who doesn't believe the other woman is 300 years old is right, and it doesn't turn out where she's, like, obsessed with youth and beauty. (laughs) That's true. Do you know what I mean? She's like, you can't possibly be 300 years old. And I was like, here we go
1: again. <laughs> I want to be just like
0: that. I'll live forever. Uh, she's going to be- turn
1: against Kirk because she wants to be beautiful forever. I'll be young and beautiful when I'm 300.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, When I watch a show from the 60s, I end up pausing and start trying to imagine think whether or not it means anything that they ended up killing the young woman instead of the black man
1: <laughs> you're like they do you know do what i mean you're some like calculus right, was oh, done oh no on they're gonna
0: kill one of them and then the, the black man reappears and i'm like hmm, did that mean anything <laughs> yeah is it yet another symptom of gene roddenberry's yes. mouth uh mouthpiece for racial unity and secret misogyny or does it not mean anything
1: i assume all of that is gene related Kill the lady, or are we supposed to feel
0: game. bad because the the young woman died at the prime of her? Uh, anyway, I don't think it means anything. I did write, we find it more restful than your so-called vacation. <laughs> it's just a <clears> wild <throat> thing to say. Uh, chapel giving the game away as usual. Kirk says the episode name. Yes, he does. You usually point that out.
1: Uh, yeah, when she says uh, what she calls flowers or whatever.
0: Yeah, she talks about her crystals and then he says uh, rose by any other name. Yeah. And then he has to explain to her about Shakespeare. You can tell his heart's not in it.
1: Yeah, he's thinking about something else. um,
0: Hey, McCoy, was uh, Tamar not supposed to eat all the cubes on the plate? Because he eats three of them, and you say he's going to need to go on a diet. Why do you give him a whole plate full? (laughs) Why do you all always have a full plate? Everybody gets a full plate of cubes. And then the guy, like, enjoys eating the first three of them. And McCoy's like, if he keeps on that way, he's going to need to go on a diet. And it's like, hey, wait a minute. What did you want him to eat? Give him a portion you wanted him to eat.
1: They didn't know, he didn't know they gave him the uh, high fat cubes. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's, it's like Claim Jumper. You're supposed to take half home.
1: <laughs> also, we've also decorated this place like an old lodge. I don't know if you could tell.
0: Yeah. Uh, hey, McCoy. If that guy's gonna let you inject him With a mystery drug Why not just poison him to death Just fucking arsenic or whatever Don't just give him steroids Until he gets in a bad mood (laughs) Uh, This is the original It's green scene We'll see it in Relics But here it is And then the subtitler uh, Couldn't make out that Scotty was saying Give us your glass As in give us your glass What did it say? here's your glass Uh, well (laughs) they didn't get that uh that old old doing was trying to slip into it the kind of uh scottish accent that people uh that makes the uh reddit sub scottish people twitter so delightful (laughs) that's a high stay off of reddit in general because it's garbage but that's a high recommendation for me scottish people twitter
1: okay but what about luna reddit I haven't been on the Lunar Reddit. Is it wild? It's important for theories. Okay. I need it for theories. All right. That's good. What about Ace Combat Reddit?
0: Uh, Which, which one? The main Ace Combat Reddit or the Strange Real Reddit?
1: Oh, main Ace Combat Reddit. There's a Strange Real Reddit?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's
1: where the lore is. I've only barely been on the Ace Combat Reddit, okay. m- mainly because there's not a lot of good information about the new game yet. <clears throat> Sorry,
0: I give best actor to uh, Spock, worst actor to Tomar.
1: Well, Spock gets a lot of those. He's he's racking those
0: up. He racks them up. He is the one who is constantly portraying emotional nuance. So I think that goes a long way
1: because he's the Vulcanian. It's obvious
0: he's the only one. Uh, if you don't count the pilot, who's not shouting his emotions all the time. <laughs> That's
1: so right. it's... and to be fair, in the pilot, he's mostly shouting like whatever message is coming through,
0: and also sometimes the women,
1: <laughs> the women.
0: In, uh, in second place last week was TNG Yeah This week we watched Who watches The
1: Watchers You should have used a different word for watched We watched Who watches The Watchers <coughs> Yeah uh, Enterprise is on No it's
0: like when you're doing Duolingo and you get the sentence, the students study at school, and you're like, eh. like all right, I get it, guys.
1: Uh, how all about right. when they uh, dreamed a dream?
0: Yeah, I, I, I dreamed a dream. Mm-hmm. The dog sang a song,
1: etc. Right, a uh, man rides a pig. We all get it. Um, <laughs> Enterprise. I bet is food. <laughs> Enterprise is on the way to Mintaka 3, because some anthropologists are about to lose power, and their super-secret observation post will be revealed to the pre-industrial inhabitants they're studying. Uh, Prime directive issues would abound in that scenario. Uh, Yeah, it's it's a bad scene. Whoops. While they're on the phone with them, Picard, uh, while they're on the phone with Picard, their shit goes up and they lose their weird hollow cloak. Uh, Also, a dude gets blown out a window. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, uh, Two natives are on their way to take some fucking temperature measurements or whatever it is they're doing, but... Then they see the flashing of the the sparky consoles inside the hidey hole, and one of them, Lico, uh goes to investigate, and after looking at Data and Riker a hot minute, gets a good shock and falls off a cliff. <laughs>
0: he gets an electric shock he doesn't just see these aliens and go oh no that's right yeah he touches an electrified all those, piece of metal all
1: those panels not only do they blow up but sometimes just like fucking lightning shoots out of them
0: there's just all kinds of atoms and nuclear bric-a-brac going <laughs> on in there
1: so boy just straight falls off a cliff um crusher runs down to check on him and gets his ass beamed aboard uh, enterprise for treatment On board the ship, Crusher, who is very busy trying to patch up some of the anthropologists who were injured when their ship went all zappy, does a whoopsie and Liko wakes up and sees the glorious visage of uh, Jean-Luc Picard. Yep. Crusher knocks his ass out, gives a plot reason why Pulaski's mind wipe method probably won't work. And then they beam his ass back down there.
0: Yeah, by the way, they don't attempt, they don't like wait to see. Yeah, whether his whether the mind wipe worked, she's like,
1: I don't know, it probably won't work because of their weird. Because if
0: it worked once, they could have just done it again, right? So they could have waited till he woke up. Yeah, asked him what he remembered. Yeah. done it again. Right. Eh, they didn't. Nope. They cut a lot of corners on this one. <laughs> they really did.
1: I like how it worked on Serjanka's weird alien physiology, but like, probably not going to work on this Vulcan one though.
0: I'm going to be honest with you. Mm. I don't think Crusher did it. I don't think she did it either. We're, we're cutting right to theory corner here. <laughs>
1: She I do think some, she even
0: attempted it She
1: had some reservations about that method
0: Here's the thing Picard yells at her for bringing that guy up He's not happy about it She, you can see her, She sets her mouth She's not happy either mm-hmm. She's mad at Picard Picard tells her to do the memory wipe And she tells him, I'm familiar with Dr. Pulaski's technique And I think it's a bad one It doesn't sound like she thinks much of Dr. Pulaski no. Maybe she knows she's an alcoholic racist <laughs> Maybe she, yeah, she ran across her a few times. Maybe she knows that Pulaski transferred there because <laughs> she had a big thing for Picard. Yeah, she had a bonus. she doesn't know what happened during that year.
1: Yeah, she had hard nips for Picard, it's true. Right? Yeah.
0: I don't think she did it. it could, I'm just gonna say it. Could very well be. <laughs> she probably believes it's unethical.
1: <laughs> anyway, this dude's back down there and he tells his daughter for sure he saw God. Uh, oh, yeah. He knows God's name. Uh, and now he's going to be that guy in town that ruins everybody's lunch. So he, <laughs> He's definitely going to go stand on the street corner. Yeah, he's, he's going to go bother everybody midday while they're trying to enjoy their soup or whatever they eat. Um, so Picard makes a nutso plan. He's going to send Riker and Troy down to look for a missing man from the study team, uh, Palmer. Right. Palmer's still down there. Uh, all in alien makeup and with subcutaneous communicators or whatever. And uh, they walk straight into town and start debating with Lico about whether he really saw God instead of looking for the missing man. Oh, don't worry about it. They do a very bad job. Well, yeah, while they're wasting time, whoops again, the Mintakins bring in Palmer. And immediately Liko's like, Picard was looking for this guy, probably for violence reasons. Maybe we should <laughs> we do should violence. We should kill him. Violence, Right. And uh, Riker and Troy come up with a sick plan to say they saw, like, another one of these dudes over by the yep. caves. And yoink, Riker tries to steal Palmer and run to a secluded spot and uh, beam him back to the ship. He succeeds by a hair, but now Troy is their captive.
0: Yeah, OG sees him, calls for help. Yep. They chase Riker through the rocks. By the way, Riker doesn't move real good with that guy Isn't on his back.
1: He, I think he thought that guy was lighter. Oh, God, Palmer! <laughs> Palmer, <laughs> oh you no. Fuck! Fuck! Um, so anyway, so Troy is now their captive and Lika was like, let's do violence, like I said before, because I bet the Picard's mad upset about this. Uh, the leader of this uh, anthropology unit tells Picard he should definitely go down there and be like, it is I, God, and this lady is to be my new bride, so give her back to me or lightning will fly out of all your butts.
0: (laughs) Go give him the Ten Commandments. (laughs) Baron basically says to Picard
1: but Picard decides that would be some bad interference and instead beams up the leader of these natives Nuria so he can show her he is very much not a god just a fancy spaceman Uh, he convinces her after some pat stew speeches uh, and they beam down just as Liko's about to get his way and do a violence on Troy
0: yep well see unfortunately there was a lightning storm
1: the lightning storm made him very sure that the violence was what they needed to do
0: by the way, I love that the fucking old man in this show is the guy who's always like, what? The, there have been lightning storms before. <laughs> How do you know wh- what God? Yes, there are stories about this, but there's st- like the <laughs> yeah. old man is not like doesn't have a religious fervor about it. He's like, I, I don't think
1: No, because they, oh, they no, say No, there are st-
0: we have their storms happen, man. Storms They say
1: a number of times that these people put all that shit behind them. Like, even though yes. they're pre-industrial and all that, they're just like, God's kind of a dumb idea. We're not into it.
0: They're specifically bronze age, yeah. whatever that means.
1: Um. So anyway, Liko's pointing his fucking bow and arrow at Troy. Uh, he makes some crazy demands to Picard about bringing his wife back from the dead. And then when that doesn't work, cause Picard insists he's not God. The dude is like, nah, I'll prove you're God by shooting you in the fucking head. Somebody tries to stop him. I can't remember who in the arrow. Okay, and the arrow hits him in the chest instead. Uh, Picard gets beamed up to Enterprise, mended, and then he comes back down to say, that was a sick fucking weekend. I'll see you guys on Instagram. (laughs) Nuria gives him some lame beads or whatever, and the ship flies away, having irrevocably changed the culture of this region forever.
0: I noticed that your seat didn't have one of those beaded backrests the taxi drivers used. Now it does. I thought you might want one. They say it's massaging beads I don't know if they really do anything (laughs) Yeah same thing I wrote Everyone understands and they give him a belt or something Um, (laughs) That's
1: right Yeah Well uh, this one I've always remembered As having a really strong take So what did you you think of this one Only the truth will fix a lie Okay
0: Baron (laughs) wants Picard to keep going deeper and deeper Yeah. Create a whole religion for these Mentalkins to follow. Yeah, they'll have guidelines. Picard knows better. He has to tear the Prime Directive up and explain how it all works. Mm Mm-hmm. And? Um, Honestly, I don't hate that take. I gave it six points. Okay.
1: Uh, Here's what I have. Yes. This is a rational world, and there's a rational explanation for everything, even if you can't fully comprehend what it is. Yeah, uh, was sort of a process of elimination. Take was it about the morality of interfering in alien culture? Sort of. No,
0: I mean a little bit, but because there is a scientist in this show, there is one voice that thinks they should just attempt to shape the whole society. Yeah, but this guy is a real—I've already forgotten the Nazi's name.
1: Oh yeah, um, I forgot it too. They had his picture up for half the episode. Um. Yep. They uh, said it. 400 times whatever benny hill i'll just call him that
0: it's real benny hill
1: (laughs) yeah but instead of limiting the exposure picard really ramps it the fuck up and saves the day so it's not about that um is it about the morality of observing uh a a less advanced culture nobody seems worried about that
0: he does explain to them why they do it Mm -hmm. and they like i said everybody understands and then at the end
1: Finally, is it about the existence of more advanced people and how they are perceived? Maybe, but that isn't really applicable to everyday life. Like, no American ever, not even really the indigenous ones, has ever run into such a vastly different and superior being that they formed a religion around them?
0: Right, so... So, like, even, even in the very weird case of the Aztecs or whatever who thought, I forget who it was, who thought that Cortez was a god... It was because they had a weirdly specific prophecy that he seemed to fulfill.
1: And by the way, they it's not weren't... not just
0: because he had ships and armor.
1: And they didn't think he was a god. They thought that they had powers, but they were also quite willing to fight them to the death. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like... I mean, eventually, they got to that point. Um, so... Uh, that didn't seem like it really applied. So I think it was more of like an anti-religion, anti-superstition episode. And Yeah, uh, so I was tempted to write
0: the old Arthur C. Clarke maxim that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic, right? Yeah. Uh,
1: to, I mean, it, it feels on the nose, but this is sort of the best of Trek to me like religious groups would probably be unhappy with it. But the cool thing about TNG and Picard is that it encouraged people to try to be reasonable in their actions toward one another, to think critically. To... Right.
0: It's like, uh, when Janeway is going into the cave. Right. And the woman, and the the woman's like, you believe that eventually you'll find the scientific explanation for whatever's happening here. Yeah. And she says, yeah, we may not know it now, but eventually we'll be able to figure out what it is. Right. That's the, of course, because Voyager is Voyager.
1: She at the end is sure. At the end, she had a religious. Maybe there's just gods. (laughs) That's right.
0: Just like in the other episode, where I don't know, maybe we saw that soul energy go into the fucking (laughs) asteroid belt. So, (laughs) who who can say?
1: Yeah, Voyager's a real fucking pain in the ass. Um, to me, this was an eight. I see. I gave it a I gave it a crazy eight. It's one of the big ones. I just thought
0: that the take. So I'm just thinking about the way this goes down. He starts explaining to her. He First of all, he's real good at the Socratic method.
1: Yeah, he's, he goes up to her and he's like, hey, uh, why do you, why you guys live in those huts? Or have your people always lived in
0: huts? Oh, yeah. no, we used to live in caves. Why do you well, think then that why, is? Why do you live in huts now? Yeah. Well, huts are better. They're drier, et cetera, et cetera. Well, if but they're the better.
1: You used to live in caves. Right, exactly.
0: Well, I guess we must not have known how to build huts. Also, <laughs> it
1: helps that this lady is totally on board. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I can get into execution. All right, let's
0: do that. Let's jump into it.
1: There are a ton of issues with this episode. Just to name a few. Why do they heal Liko? Why don't they have a better uh, plan for getting Palmer out? Yep. Why do they send the card yeah, go Tell's on. Crusher you should have let him die? Even if they don't do that, I got ideas about this. Mainly, my idea is why not, if you're really worried about him dying and you're like, it's our fault he touched our sparky device, well, why not heal his internal injuries and leave him scraped and bruised so that he feels like he fell off a cliff? Yep. <laughs> and then he'd be like, damn, I had this crazy dream. I think I fell off a cliff. I'm in fucking pain.
0: You would still have to explain how OG saw him get beamed up with Crusher. Yeah. Like she did witness it.
1: But at least this guy wouldn't be like, no, for sure. I seen a God. He's real God.
0: Uh, the main problem is that he thinks he died and Picard brought him back to life.
1: Yeah. Right. Yep.
0: Um, And it's not until the end when someone finally points out to him. No, you just didn't die. That's right. Well, he you just, you literally, you, you, maybe you were going to die, but you hadn't
1: died yet. They sort of get into it with him. He's not, he's not really receptive to that news. Um
0: No. Okay. So why did he's had a long day, honestly.
1: Why do they heal Liko? Why don't they have a better plan for getting Palmer out? Why do they send Troy and Riker? Why do they bring up Nuria? Why does Picard go down there? Why does anything happen in this episode other than to advance the plot towards the writer's desired outcome? Yeah. Some of it's pretty wild. Um... But there's some good dialogue. It's a sort of a different, maybe less insulting portrayal of these inferior sentients.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, even though I don't think it's wrong to sometimes portray these less advanced cultures as being kind of savages, because like we know humans from the past and present suck at using their their thinking parts.
0: Oh, it's true. It's a very it was very
1: real. Uh, and I thought it was a good performance from uh, Patrick Stewart at times. So for me, it was about, as much of as a four. About every five years, someone sees Jesus in a grilled cheese
0: sandwich. So it's not like... Yeah. It's not like there's anything about being primitive that does it. But so still, I liked it, as ma- it. Only as many as four?
1: It has so many issues. I didn't understand any of what happened in the plot. Like why people did the things they did. None of it made sense to me. Um, I'm pretty close. I'm a five. Okay.
0: Uh, this episode I think is saved by the fact that there is no silliness in it yes even uh, and part of this is on the guest star even Crazy Lico
1: yeah, pulls it off somehow well I got the feeling I, my favorite part was I got the feeling he was desperate to see his wife <laughs> yeah like it wasn't like hackneyed like I was like oh this guy is unhinged yeah, he pulled it off.
0: I think that... And, and if if his performance was bad, then the episode becomes silly. Right. Uh, I will say, however, that the cheesy, dramatic music in this episode was cranked up to a nine, and I
1: did not love that. Yeah. I have other sound notes later in Quick Hitters. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah, for me, this <clears throat> one's down the middle in terms of execution. You... The problems are plot problems. Yeah. Um, But I think they mostly get away with it. Okay. World building. Yes. Proto-Vulcan humanoids.
1: What does that even mean and what and how?
0: Do they look like Vulcans because their evolution has paralleled Vulcan evolution? N- because that's all the excuse we get. We are never told that they are genetically related to Vulcans in any way.
1: Yeah, we get the one throwaway line about how they're proto-Vulcans because they had the prop department people. They were like, we know how to make Vulcans. Yep. Uh, Pulaski's memory
0: erasing technique. Continuity. Continuity. And honestly, that's where most of the three points I'm giving it comes from. I didn't even remember that happened until I watched it this time.
1: And yeah. I went, oh, shit, someone did remember Pulaski's shit.
0: It is literally the only reference okay. that will be
1: made to Pulaski for the rest of the series. I mean, that's fair. I don't want to reference her anymore. Mm, fine. <laughs> she was there for a whole year. I okay, know. Well, look, again, I didn't even realize they did it that much. Worf
0: did the tea ceremony with her. Uh, and then uh, subcutaneous transponders. Mm. Why don't they use them all the time?
1: They worked pretty good in this episode. They
0: worked real good.
1: You could the, the audio was amazing. Yes.
0: I gave it the standard three, but it is mostly on the strength of a little continuity nod, which is uh, this wouldn't have scored points in Enterprise because Enterprise has continuity. Yeah. But it does in TNG, which does not.
1: Uh, well, I have a big words here, um, but I'll just start by saying I also gave it a three. Uh, I got the Stardate, Mintaka 3, the uh, Anthropological Field team's been studying some Mintakans for their next Nat Geo documentary. <laughs> they gotta be mad secret about it for Prime Directive reasons, which raises a lot of questions about why it's allowed at all. Cause like, shit's gonna go wrong.
0: They are really skirting the Prime Directive with this one, aren't they?
1: Like, I mean, what are the odds they're gonna have, their, this is the only holodeck that's ever gonna work? The one that sh- makes their thing look like a rock? It's a super
0: high tech solution. Like, they could have put a camera. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? A we have pretty camera. small cameras now. Yeah. It, at at this point in time, we could hide a camera in such a way that a primitive tribe would never find it. I'm
1: just gonna say. We already know from... Wasn't it true in that Enterprise episode when they go down and that place is getting poisoned and they do an uh, an investigation? Like, can't they see these people from orbit? In Enterprise, they sure can. In Enterprise, they can see what the people look like and their society from orbit. You can't do yep. that in TNG? Anyway. um, uh, Proto-Vulcans, whatever that means. Uh, and then I asked a third real question about the translator. I guess they can speak to each other because the Universal Translator's been doing that work for this whole observation period, or because it's just better in TNG. I think that's what it is.
0: Oh, you mean why Why do they
1: understand the talking? Yeah.
0: Yeah, the only time we see the Universal Translator have problems in TNG is when something is, like, wildly
1: different. Like the Harada? Like,
0: whatever the Harada are like, or... The Darmok aliens because they
1: speak because they're translating the words, but it's all metaphors.
0: But the met they don't, but they can't pick up the metaphors. So presumably these guys are so much like Vulcans, yeah, that their brains work the same way in terms of speech. Maybe it's you're right. It's a third rail, as always. The true and final answer is: if it didn't, we couldn't
1: do the show. That's right.
0: Every show would be about how you can't communicate with aliens. (laughs) That's right.
1: uh tricordrazine named after the tricorder or maybe <laughs> the man who invented the tricorder who i named davide tricordere he's italian i like it um oh shit she's familiar with Pulaski's mind wipe technique but isn't sure to work on the mintakins that's so much worse because now we know it's in the fucking continuity zone so why does it yep. never come back again
0: uh, well honestly <clears throat> mccoy did it to someone the, the idea of wiping someone's memory. Oh, he
1: did it because that's standard procedure when someone's dad dies. Or he no, when someone's dad is a murderer. It's to
0: rebuild someone's whole personality. Yeah. Well, Also, she was a murderer.
1: Yeah, whatever it was. was it, When she believed her dad was dead, they had to... She... Yeah. I don't know. Um. But yeah, anyway, they've put it right back in the continuity zone and it'll never... They'll never use it again uh dumb stuff about the mintaken society and gender roles that will never matter uh though i guess this episode did show that not every developing society believes in deities cuz they they gave up on that a long time ago i guess
0: yes they've they're they they have reached humanism before they reached uh forging of iron and there's no sieve tree that says it has to be that way <laughs> that's right these guys did it different
1: okay they straight up have hawks on this world so that's great just human style hawks i'll talk about it like earth style hawks i'll talk about it in my quick hitters too okay uh fun scene is it
0: like how there's christian hell in star wars (laughs) sort of because han solo says see you in hell
1: (laughs) well it's just that a hawk pops up behind what's his name (laughs) the guy who's gonna shoot riker with the arrows um, right. And for some reason, I'll just get into it now. For some reason, they made the insane decision to pump in crazy hawk screeches.
0: <laughs> it goes. Whoa! Well, that's how you can tell the difference between uh, Commodore Eagle Vision and Commodore.
1: <laughs> oh, God. So with all the Commodores. Uh... I don't
0: remember the names of all of the Guild of Purpose driven Commodores. <laughs> I only remember Commodore Eagle Vision and Commodore Sex Act. <laughs>
1: But it's like, why did they pipe in that hawk sound effect so that, like, because we might not have noticed the hawk back there. You
0: can't show a hawk on screen without putting that fucking screech in there. Like, it's kind. Of, it's actually, it's in the Director's Guild of America
1: contract. <laughs> it's in the collective bargaining agreement. It barely popped up over the dude's shoulder and they pipe in that noise. I'm like, why do they want you to notice the earth hawk? Why? <laughs> um, hey, did you forget about the earth hawk? I like, hey, check it out. They got hawks just like on earth. They're the same birds. Uh, they're, proto, they're proto-hawks.
0: And by the way, it's the one thing that we know is different on different planets is they got different pets and animals. That's
1: right, but not on this one. Um, oh, where was I? Uh, fun scene with Data, Troy, and the sensors in determining who Nuria is. That's how they were using those subcutaneous uh, transponders. That was a little bit of business. Uh,
0: also, they get, Data takes three tries, but not all five to find Nuria.
1: That's right. Uh, which is, I guess, probably statistically what you'd expect, huh? Well, he didn't know which one it was, so yeah, that's that's uh, he made his way through them. Um, there was a lot here. Some of it was bad. It's just a three for me. Okay. Uh, what about characterization, though? Mm, I know Crusher is very busy in here today and needs a fucking staff. Yeah. But Picard is going to have good reason to be angry with her because that fucker woke up. In... In TOS, when they turn everybody to crystals
0: Yeah McCoy says that they turned his doctors and nurses into crystals Uh Uh-huh I guess We know Dr. Salar exists We will hear her name again We will never see her again Because she's Kalar now but we know she exists, but it sure does seem like Crusher's the only doctor on this ship, huh?
1: Yeah, except every once in a while you'll see one scene where the place is packed full of blue unis and you just go, how does the, what is the shift? What shifts are worked on this ship? How does this it's work? A bunch of Simon
0: Tarses? is. It's the only thing you can explain it with. I guess. Um, Eventually we'll have
1: Nurse Ogawa. Anyway, she did a real fuck up because the guy woke up. Um, why send Riker down to this planet? Here's an idea. Why not send one of the anthropologists who they just rescued, who've been studying these people for however long?
0: Yep. Send Baron down there. Make him up and send him down. Did they know
1: the plan was for them to firemen carry someone out of there? (laughs) Because then send data. Just send data. Yep. (sighs)
0: He'll talk real funny, but these guys are mad logical. They'll probably like it.
1: Because I was telling, probably I was looking for this, but I was sat there and I said, Riker's going to screw this up somehow. He's not smart. And sure enough, he walks six feet away from that group of people whose lunch has been interrupted by Lico. And then he says with his mouth, the wor- the name Picard.
0: He sure does say it real close to them.
1: After the guy.
0: Like, Riker to Picard. He could have also said Riker to
1: Enterprise. Yes, after the guy has straight up and like, his name's the Picard, i seen him. And he's like, he walks six feet from him and he goes, Riker to Picard. And I'm like, what is, is this fucker for real? <laughs> I could not believe that.
2: Um,
0: Nobody down there was trying to trick him and that's the only thing that he's smart about. <laughs> uh, it's probably because of his bad dad. <laughs> that's right.
1: Uh Picard uh is not playing around with this anthropologist about the prime directive. There ain't no punchline. This oh, his fucker's mad. Both
0: Picard Both Picard and Riker give that guy the dirtiest fucking look.
1: It's there's no punchline. This fucker's mad. He's just like, yeah. "No, fuck you." Um he'd rather I like that you cast him as R Kelly, by the way. <laughs> he'd rather tell them about fancy starships than pretend to be God, Picard. Hey, I get that he wants to show this lady he's not a god, but he's getting pretty handsy with her. He's like, "Uh huh, touch me, look, Take, t- exactly. Look, yeah. I'm just made out of flesh, just like you. Is...
0: Feel the warmth of my hand, yeah. the rhythm of my pulse. Oh,
1: you have it. Do you have it written down, or is that seared into your memory? Oh,
0: I just remembered it <laughs> super good.
1: Uh, I liked his observa- uh, his observation lounge explanation that we were talking about earlier. That was a good yep. trek, I thought. Yes. Um, it's believable
0: that she follows him he, through that set of steps. He
1: was doing well, but then when she asks if he can restore the dead people from last winter, instead of adequately explaining that he literally does not have that power, he gets real shitty and is puts his hand on his head and he's like, Jesus fucking Christ. Why are you really so does?
0: dumb? This lady just doesn't get it. He thought he did a much better job than he did, is the problem.
1: Then he's like, come look at this lady while she dies. This hasn't been a traumatizing enough day he was, for you. He was
0: already thinking of the uh, paper he was going to write for anthropology today. <laughs> That's right.
1: And now he talked her right into it. But nope, she had to ask that one question would made him go off.
0: So he's, Then he takes her to go watch a woman die.
1: Yeah, the day hasn't been traumatizing enough for her. He's like, come look at this lady in her literal dying moments. She should be dying right about now. If we go down there, we won't miss it. And then he doesn't say to her,
0: sometimes on this show, people die. (laughs) Don't ask, don't ask about it because it's never going to make sense. That's right. We
1: can cure death for sure with the transporters.
0: it is real, it is real unclear why someone would still die.
1: Uh, Bro, just say to her when she asks that question, there's lots we're able to do, but that is a magic we don't know yet. Liko wasn't actually dead. We didn't bring him back from the dead. And we can't bring back your winter deaths. Like, sorry. But instead he we gets cured.
0: We can cure injuries. Liko's injuries were actually really simple to cure.
1: Yeah. He just had his, his body all crushed up.
0: We just had to fix, just had to get some swelling out of his brain. Yeah. Which we can do just by getting the fluid out.
1: And then I guess Picard's willing to die or will maybe willing to let Troy die for this non-interference bullshit. I don't really know what the point of him waiting as long as he waited on Troy.
0: He does appear right from the back and go, "Lico,
1: don't. When he's already shown Nuria the starship and he's already healed Lico, Like, you're gonna let Troy die for this? But then he goes down there and he's like, all right, well then shoot me with your fucking arrows, bitch. What do you got? And it's like, what is his, what's the plan here? I, I guess he
0: figures at least if he gets killed, then they won't believe he was a god. <laughs> That's... Or, ten minutes later, Liko will be like, it was a trick. (laughs) This isn't the real Picard. Uh, We're supposed to not believe.
1: In his last log, is it just me, or does his remark about Dr. Crusher's usual skill sound like a dig?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's fucked the dog a couple of times in this one. It
1: just sounded snipey
0: to me. Also, he's wearing a sling for
1: some reason.
0: (laughs) Yeah, maybe she didn't do such a good job.
1: I mean, they healed Liko pretty good earlier. He didn't need a sling, but I guess Picard does. It'd be great if
0: Dr. Crusher was, like, muttering in the background, he doesn't need that sling.
1: <laughs> Look at him. Oh, poor wounded warrior. Oh, Yeah, they're still fighting about something. Uh, And finally, Troy keeps a pretty level head during this shit. It's too bad she was sent down with Riker.
0: Okay. We'll get to it. Oh, okay. I have a I have a lot of thoughts about Troy and her performance on this mission. Uh, so.
1: Well, I gave overall I had characterization at a six. Okay. Um. Uh, I gave it
0: a five. Okay. So I will say. Uh, Picard's good. Riker's okay. Troy's efforts are laughable. Oh. And it's not clear to me that Beverly even tried to erase that old boy's memory <laughs> yes. after Picard yelled at her in sick bay. Here's what I mean. So here's my legit question for you. Okay. Who is a worse debater? Who, who would get a worse score in high school forensics? Okay. Data's reverse psychology in the essence of command.
1: It was not good. He or, didn't deliver it well.
0: Or Troy's we're strangers. May we speak? <laughs> that was quite a dream you had.
1: Yeah, I guess I had skipped over the actual dialogue because I was incensed that they were even talking to these people. Yes, that's not great.
0: That's her whole fucking plan, is to tell him he had a dream.
1: Uh, I am from another land. May I talk to you about the dream you obviously had?
0: Anyway, that sounds like it was a dream, huh? (laughs) Maybe you'll believe
1: that and this will all be over? And they don't go, who the fuck are you? He just goes, no, it wasn't a dream, though, I'm sure of it.
0: That's quite a dream you had. Jesus, Troy. Yeah,
1: it's not a great start. It's true. She
0: at, at, she doesn't then say, I was just attempting to use reverse psychology <laughs> like data, so it might still be that he's worse at it, but that sucked.
1: It's true. Do the judges care if you give your own game away like that? In like a, a debate team competition? Or are they going to be like, well, he told us exactly what he was doing. Should we dock points?
0: That's no, not good. You're not supposed to just say it. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was uh, kind of a mix of good and bad, but I gave it the uh, five, the down-the-middle five.
1: Okay. Uh, what about quick ones? Quick hitters. Are they related
0: to Vulcans, or does their evolution just parallel Vulcans? Hmm. Um, after, <laughs> after Liko and Crusher beam up, OG climbs up the rocks and starts putting her hand on them. Does no one inside see
1: that? Oh, I think they do, and they're like, Oh, God, there's another one. Oh god, there's another want, uh, one.
0: I don't want to. Let's just pretend this didn't happen. Don't tell Picard about this one. I don't. <laughs> He's gonna yell at me for not killing her. I'm. I'm pretty sure
1: they're for sure pulling the Jehovah drill at that point.
0: But Jordy and Data are down here. I can't just ice her in front of those two. They won't be cool about it. <laughs> if O'Brien was here, I would at least have a could ice her.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Riker looks like the worst version of Link from Zelda.
1: <laughs> uh, darkest timeline link yes with
0: his his wig is particularly bad it's not good also is it's he like the only two... one of them
1: that has facial hair
0: uh i don't think we see any others But I don't... no one says anything they're all cool no one says anything about it
1: i would have been like who's this bearded? Shave
0: in this village Frank?" <laughs>
1: yeah who's this bearded fuck
0: <laughs> um uh they beam down at vasquez rocks so that's always nice to see it's
1: good to see that set get some love yeah 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 it's
0: not a set i mean it is a set but it's not a set uh they went they what i mean is they drove an hour to shoot that one yep this is picard at his most anti-religion i believe
1: he's certainly very mad about it
0: he's pissed that they that they done gave these guys religion and he should be pissed cuz they did fuck up
1: and once again willing to die for it yeah uh, it
0: turns out Riker has worked up a whole psych profile on Nuria in like five minutes. Yep. <laughs> and Picard asked him about the leader. Their leader. He's got a lot, he's got a lot to
1: say. Their leader, Nuria. Calm, level-headed, reasonable. Yeah. you just like, uh, I'm sorry, you guys basically said you had a dream. And then he went, no, I didn't. And you went, oh, look, there's another one, yoink. There was no conversation. <laughs>
0: We have another instance in this episode of sending the transporter operator away before you do a crime.
1: No one took a nap, though.
0: Picard definitely gets that guy. Well, because it wasn't O'Brien. No, it was Ensign Hoy. Picard definitely gets Ensign Hoy out of the transporter room before he beams Nuria up. Yeah. As if it's going to be tough to explain that there's two people on the ship. Yeah. And then I wrote, "Is there a hot second here where Nuria thinks God is seducing her?"
1: God, I I thought he was. Yeah, I thought he got a look at her and he went, "Hmm."
0: Nuria's uh, hair is pretty wild in this episode. She has twin braids. That's fine. Did you notice that they're uh, kept at a fixed distance apart at the bottom by being like there's like a metal tie bar that runs between them? No, it's pretty cool.
1: That's pretty great,
0: but it. It also seems like she's just wearing a pound of metal at the back of her hair, too. So, I don't know. Maybe she has neck problems because of it. She's the leader. Who knows?
1: Riker didn't put that in his psych profile. No, but I enjoyed it.
0: I gave the best actor to Picard because he Picards out real good in this one. Yeah, he does. Uh, worst actor in this episode. No contest. It's OG. She is. It's not poor good. Pamela Adlon. You may remember her from uh, Louis. Louis. Also, Bobby Hill from King of the Hill. It's Bobby Hill from King of the Hill. Uh, she was in... Shit, what's that show? Uh, Californication.
1: I never saw that show.
0: It, it's <clears throat> awful, but we'll talk about it in a mailbag sometime. Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a weird... It's a weird fantasy where a writer, a TV writer, I think... Maybe just a regular writer, but a writer is so cool that all the 19 year olds want to fuck it. Oh,
1: good. So it yeah. probably has worked on Star Trek, the writer of
0: that show. Oh, I imagine so. Yeah, it probably is Brandon Braga. Probably wrote it. That'd be my <laughs> guess. Uh, That's uh, best actor, worst actor.
1: I got so many. Did you do quickies? Give me them quickies. I got so many. I took so many notes on this episode. We've already had some questions about their similar lineage to Vulcans. They say that they're rational because of it. <clears throat> the Vulcans used to be maniacs. If you listen to any Vulcan tell it,
0: not only that, but every seven years they still are.
1: So, yeah, they learned to suppress their emotions over time, but that was like a cultural thing that happened. That didn't seem biological.
0: It was such a big revolution that it created the Romulans.
1: Yeah. So, thanks again for this episode, DNG. Uh, immediately.
0: It's the thing is, it's a fucking useless throwaway. Yeah. I could have just said. Uh, these people follow an unusual path in development, where they uh, they have embraced rationality very early.
1: Yeah, do you know what I mean? I think they knew we would recognize that makeup.
0: Well, they could have done different fucking makeup. That's what
1: I'm, I think. This all came from the fact that the makeup artists were like, I don't know, we can do a Vulcan.
0: I mean, you could just always you always have the option to just go trail style. Go to Michael's, get a stamp pad, and just stamp
1: all over someone's face. <laughs> you can go real simple. Each one gets one stamp. Yeah, they're just I'm like sure humans except they got one stamp. Um, immediately I had to go look up who this Leco guy was because of his voice. Uh, his
0: face is familiar too. He even under the makeup.
1: A lot of people know him from Twin Peaks, but to me, he's the guy from Fresh Off the Boat, the neighbor. Uh, his name is Ray Wise. Um. It, it turns out that he he manages to carry off the part of Leco because he's an actual actor. Yes, that's right. Um, is it this girl's first day on the job?
0: It's she's taken the measurements before, but it's her first day as the official
1: record keeper of the sundial. Dude, that is so my lo- that is such a bad first day. Oh, it goes very badly for her. her. First of first all, day on the it's job. not clear
0: that she takes the
1: measurements. She says at one point she's going to go do it, but that's when Riker does his thing. That's when he goes, <laughs> she, does well, she's starting.
0: She's starting to take the measurements the first time, yeah. and she sees a fucking flash of light up in the mountains, and she just they just go and do that. Yeah. She's not like, let me, I'll finish this, and then we'll just go check out that mountain light.
1: It was, um, it was an unlucky first day for her. Yeah. Uh, again, California... Finally, that state gets some love, gets some scenes filmed out out in its bits. Um,
0: <laughs> There's a lot of beautiful scenic California in Star Trek. At least this wasn't that
1: one ranch that they always film at. <laughs> the one uh, where Sulu uh, and Company did their bit in that was yes, that, that early episode. That's the one. yeah. Um, I asked my question again here. Why not leave him with some bruises and cuts and stuff? Then he could be like, one, I had the craziest dream. And two, I am in a lot of fucking pain. I fell off a fucking cliff. Did you see that?
0: For real, if they left him pretty bruised up and just beamed him back to the base of that fucking cliff, he'd be like,
1: oh, God. Oh, wow. <laughs> that oh, a, that was
0: a weird dream. I
1: fucking fell off a cliff, guys. And when you fall off a cliff, you get crazy dreams.
0: And then Oji would be like, uh, a lady? You disappeared with a lady? <laughs>
1: And then they'd be, and like, be like, what? You're the crazy oh, one. Oh, God, I
0: I am in way too much pain for this.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, I get they don't want this guy spreading shit around about Picard, but isn't it better to avoid talking to anybody unless it's necessary while you look for your missing man? Rather than to go straight into town and start talking with the townspeople?
0: Honestly, at least they didn't send Troy and Data. I Uh, Between those two idiots, they probably would have thought the best plan would be to just tell them all about the Enterprise right away.
1: (laughs) Bring down a picture of it the same one they have from Moriarty. Just bring that same picture down. (laughs) Yeah,
0: would have done a a line drawing of the profile view of the Enterprise-D, just like in Moriarty. Hey, here's another... By the way, Moriarty is
1: pretty good. I couldn't do that drawing. Oh, yeah, that was way better than my drawings of Starships. Jesus, you've seen them.
0: Yeah, they don't look good. It's fine. No one does. Um... Here's
1: another one. They don't have to free Palmer. Like... Those guys will leave him alone at some point. He won't be with someone forever. They'll, like, tie him up and leave him in a fucking cave or something. And then they can just beam him up.
0: Yeah. At some point, either everybody in that room will be asleep or, I mean, like...
1: When no one's around, just
0: beam him up. The worry is that he's very injured, right? That's the... The clock on this is that they know he got blown out of that window and they think he's injured. Well...
1: Alright, this is the part where I talk about the bird popping up behind the guy. If you okay. it's not worth it to go back and watch it, but someday when you go back and watch this episode I'll watch it again, I'll look for it. Right that bird. behind the guy lining Riker up with his fucking bow and arrow, a hawk flies just barely into view and they give you the loud screech.
0: Um, they must have thought it was so cool that a fucking hawk showed up right then. That <laughs> they were like, Oh, we gotta leave
1: it in. Uh Did you name any of your ships in STO after Ensign Hoy? Uh, no. That fucker got a name for some reason. It must not
0: have appeared on the list. Oh, you know what? I didn't name any of my ships after any characters that only had one name. They needed a full name. I only needed it if they had a full name. The only exception was Tate.
1: Because it's unknown what she is.
0: I don't even know what she is. Is she a Hume? She's not a Hume, right? She might not be a human, and she might only have the one name. Yeah, she might just be Tate. They're like, hey, who are you? She's like, Tate, sir. Okay. So unless someone had... Now, the name... In in some cases was from a beta canon source,
2: right. so like
0: when I named a ship the Maddie Calloway,
1: yeah.
0: Calloway doesn't actually get a name,
1: right? Well, it, Calloway, but yeah, not a first name.
0: Yeah. In uh, in that great great episode <laughs> where Troy's losing it. Eye of the Beholder.
1: Yes, I think that's the one we talked about the other day. Yeah. Um. Uh, again, Nuria is extremely reasonable and catches on super quick. Which so that's lucky for Picard. Um, she's like, okay, now I'm cool. It's been three minutes since I went to space, so I'm all caught up.
0: Yeah, it sucked, by the way. He took her to the observation lounge, and they looked down, and
1: she said, is that my home? Yeah, not like, what is that? Why did she know? I'm guessing he must have told her before they went in, now we're gonna go look at your (laughs) home? Uh, you guys have,
0: but I didn't really read all the reports. You guys have figured out that you live on a round globe. Oh, no?
1: You haven't? Let's take a look. Uh, again, this Baron guy sucks at non-interference. He's like, they've seen my buddy Palmer down there, so now it's open season. Let's make you a fucking god. Yep. Um.
0: Again, uh, hates scientists. Yes.
1: Mm, Some more stuff about why don't they beam up Troy. Um. When it hit me that this guy's plan was to prove god by shooting at god. Yeah. I had to pause so I could have a good laugh. Uh it doesn't a hundred percent track. This guy's back and he's Jesus, and I'm gonna prove he's Jesus. I'm gonna unload this entire magazine into him. Like, bro, don't shoot at your holy ones. Yeah. That seems like a basic plan, right? Like don't shoot Buddha if you think you ran into him, or like Zeus or whoever. Like, don't shoot at him.
0: Like and but I guess Picard can't say, Alright, but if I am God, I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> I'm
1: gonna sap your ass.
0: Uh (laughs) Lightning's gonna come out of your butts Or whatever Matt said earlier
1: (laughs) And I'm not about to bing this But I am morally certain that there is Picard Nuria fanfic floating around out there Oh, okay I don't think you have to bing fanfic I'm just saying bing will get you the dirtiest stuff right away It sounds like someone's binging it
0: What? I just google it (laughs) Uh, Life Goes On, a Star Trek The Next Generation no. fanfic. This takes place a few <laughs> months after the events in the third season episode Who Watches The Watchers. Why? It was the day of the winter no, no. Solstice on <laughs> Taka 3. No. It was tradition for everyone to gather for a long night to review her history. That's not um, true. Uh, what do you think I should just... If I'm just going to do a find, they uh, don't just put no. the word sex, right? Um, Hold on. No,
1: they... um um breast no oh wow is this a non-erotic fanfic uh hard no (laughs) that's fine uh wet wet. yeah i was gonna say wet yeah
0: (laughs) hey even the relatively innocent word wet is not in
1: here all right
0: well that's safe everyone also it's only like four paragraphs so but to be fair we're cool to be fair you the top search result on google Captain Picard, single father, chapter one. No,
1: no I said no. no. But to be fair, you didn't Bing it. You only Googled it. Sisters are forever, chapter 21. Stop it.
0: Stop whatever you're doing. Cut it out. Picard and Nuri no. had returned to the surface of Mintaka
1: 3. No. All right, now I'm going to Bing it. Uh, all right. I'm Googling Bing, by the way. It's something I do every okay. time I go to Bing. <laughs> um, Let's see. It
0: looks like this is not anyone's main ship.
1: Picard, Nuria fan fiction. Uh yeah, it's true. Most people want to do like um book hard with other people. I'm not into this.
2: Fuck. Anyway,
1: well, that's Fucking all a. that's all
0: I had. Fucking a Christ. Hey, in this one I don't care. <laughs> don't ruin this. In this one, I will say that uh Ian Andrew Troy appears to be a character. But it's not erotic, right? Because he's, he's just no, a this little one boy. Seems, this one seems like it's not erotic.
1: No one takes the sweets virginity, right?
0: I don't think so. Kantaro. Oh. No, 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 no. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. <laughs> Man, if I wrote a fanfic. Of Kantaro? Uh, Kantaro <laughs> and Ian Andrew Troy.
1: <laughs> that would be very specific to That'd this be the podcast. most obscure. All right. Alright, that was it. Next, next one. Did you, did you do your quick hitters? Are we done? I did
0: my quick hitters. Okay. That means it's time to uh, move on to last week's winner. I can't believe we have to do another one. I was so ready to call it. <laughs> last week's winner was Deep Space Nine. This week we watched The Abandoned.
1: Uh, Jake is fucking a grown woman? Uh, we don't. A dabo girl. We
0: don't 100% know that they're fucking, but if you're dating a dabo girl. Yeah. Her tits are fully not, out. And you're not fucking. Yeah.
1: Why not? Uh, that seems bad on a lot of levels. Turns out Cisco invited her to dinner and Jake hates that idea.
0: Uh, they've decided that Jake is now 16, by the way. Yeah. Is that because Siroc Lofton ended up being real tall? Yeah, he grew, and they were like, eh, this is weird. He
1: grew to be a real fucking Kwong Su height right away. Because
0: this is season three. Shouldn't he be like... He seemed pretty
1: young in the pilot. I don't know. He seems young in the pilot. I don't know. Uh, Quark sexually harasses a purple-headed lady, and then he buys a baby. Cisco <laughs> misses taking care of babies. That is yep. only the fifth character trait we've learned about Cisco so far, and we're in season three.
0: Cisco's dealing with the fact that Jake's growing up now. Mm-hmm. He's dating a girl. It's not the girl he would have chosen, but he's not a little boy anymore, and he's embarrassed by his old man and doesn't want her coming to dinner, but she's going to come to dinner. Anyway, there's a baby.
1: Uh, anyway, this baby grows hella fast, and soon it can walk and talk and wear Star Trek pajamas. Yeah,
0: this baby is like Lyle the Tiger from Akewood. He was born already three years old.
1: Uh, Odo has new quarters, I guess, and he built a terrorist training camp in there where he can do monkey bars and step through a bunch of tires or whatever they do.
0: Okay, let's be clear. He built a jungle gym. Oh, sorry. Isn't that what a terrorist training camp looks like? Uh, If if that's all they've got, (laughs) or if they're training for the amazing race, then yes.
1: (laughs) You know, they always show that one video of them like doing monkey bars. (laughs) They do do monkey (laughs) bars. "Hmm." It does
0: seem like they think that's going to be real important. What if the fight's on a playground?
1: Kira bought him a plant as a housewarming.
0: And it's already dead. So it's a real good housewarming gift.
1: Back to the salvage baby, which is now a, like a teenage Hadar, and he's just walking around punching dudes like this is GTA 5. And they talk about what they should do with them Minoto volunteers to tuck him in at night or maybe tell him not to make the Banar would be a better analogy. <laughs> Don't get out of my notes. Um... <laughs> Bashir discovers that the Jemadar, uh turns out are addicted to some kind of dang old drug, and Odo uh, tells the gemadar to fucking smile. to be a good boy. Uh, at dinner, this Dabo girl tells a sad bastard Bajoran story about dead family and work camps and being forced into Quark's sex trade. But then Sisko feels bad about assumptions he'd made about her and learns some stuff about Jake. It was a bad dinner, safe to say. Not the one they it wanted. Didn't,
0: it didn't go great for Cisco. Yeah. It turns out that uh, she can read and write and she likes Jake's poetry.
1: And Jake plays Dom Jot. And also he's
0: a cool Dom Jot hustler. Yeah. Because he seems real cool.
1: Uh, they find some drugs on the salvage ship and hook that kid up. And then Odo decides it's totally cool to show the kids some home movies of Hadar murdering people. So that's obviously a great plan. Then he takes him to the holodeck and goes, hey, have at it. Fucking kill some fuckers. Eat their brains or whatever it is kids do these days. Yeah, he gives him a holodeck
0: program that's one notch better than Tasha Yar's Aikido program. Because
1: it's they've got to they put a Jem'Hadar skin over that Aikido guy.
0: And five notches worse than any of Worf's calisthenics
1: programs. Yeah, where they got swamps and shit. And Skeletor. And Skeletor, obviously. And some kind of uh, Mothra-looking guy? I don't know what he is. Yeah. Uh, Kira walks in on this holodeck program because there's no privacy on a space station. Probably just asked Computer where Odo was, and it said, The I- toilet! And she walked right into the stall to chat.
0: It's Wild to think that the hollow sweets, which we know from Quark, are primarily used for sex. Ninety-nine percent, he said.
1: by default. Mm-hmm. She just walks straight in and witnesses the murder program. Uh, anyway, Cisco tells Odo that Starfleet's taken the kid after all to study him or whatever. But then the kid cloaks his way into the office and says he's running away from home and never coming back, and he's not going to call Cisco dad. Odo says, okay, we'll run away together, but we'll go out there into the wilderness of space and have father-son space camping times, but the kid wants to bring his Switch and play, and Odo ain't into that, he wants it to be like a father-son camping trip. I
0: feel like, uh, I I mean, I can't criticize you too much because I did some of this during the TOS one, (laughs) but I feel like you're... You may, some of the actual things that's happening may be slipping through the cracks. <laughs> he wants to go back to the Jem'Hadar, and he wants Odo to go join the Founders, and Odo will leave his whole life behind as long as he agrees not to go
1: there. No, mm, the guy doesn't want that. Um, so they go, I assume, and they drop that kid back with his peeps where he belongs, and Odo's probably sad about it. Uh, and then Sisko's like, my son plays Dalton and Nachev is going to be pissed. Yeah, Nachev is not going to enjoy it. But Cisco does that thing that he he must have learned from Picard, which is sometimes you just go. Uh, well, we're not playing this by the rules, but I guess we'll worry about that later. Yep. Uh, yeah. So they take that kid back so he can be with his murder peeps. It also never gets
0: a name. No, they don't name that boy. I don't name him La or First Iran Toran or any of the Look. any of the names that my randomly generated Jamadar characters have.
1: I think they named him Second Jonah. Well, Jono. But oh, yeah. sorry, <laughs> it is Jono, isn't it? <laughs> In suddenly human, yeah, it is Jono. The joke still works. Second Jono. Uh, what was this episode about? <sighs> this is a little bit of a puzzler because it, it
0: it feels like it wants to be about growing up. Okay. A little bit But here's what I thought the take actually is
2: Growing up
0: uh, Is that a song? It's The Boss Oh, okay I don't really have any knowledge of his music Aside from, uh, you know, dancing in the dark
1: <laughs> It's Streets of Philadelphia
0: Oh, uh, yeah, Streets of Philadelphia yep. No, no, no <laughs> Uh, You can't expect others to learn from your experience mm. Odo's been through his journey of self-discovery, right? He found his people, and he didn't like what he found. Right. He wants to prevent this Jem'Hadar from finding his way home because he doesn't like the life that's waiting for him there. But Odo doesn't realize that he wouldn't have been able to take that advice if it had been given to him. Yeah. Yeah. When he saw the nebula on a map, he nearly went into a trance and did a kidnap.
1: He did. He did do a kidnap. He did a kidnap. That's not a nearly. And I'm pretty sure he did more than that. You think he might have done an I mean, that might be Theory Corner. I don't know. But I don't think he told her that she wasn't really in a position to object at the time. And he did say that. I'm a little worried about it. I I don't love this
0: take. Okay even if you have to let people make their own mistakes, aren't you also obligated to try and prevent them? Sure. Like what
1: else should Odo have done?
0: So I gave it a four. Okay.
1: Uh, My take was a fatherhood. Am I right? Well, that's what the episode is, right? Odo becomes a daddy. It doesn't go great. Meanwhile, Cisco realizes his kid has grown up, and he can't still think of him as a kid. He's a sick poetry dom guy now.
0: He's tall. I guess it's fun that he's hanging around with a twenty-year-old maybe stripper. Yeah, with
1: her tits all out everywhere. Like you could do this it's episode.
0: Like, honestly, I'm fine with it because at least she just had regular cleavage and not under boob.
1: That's <laughs> true, and we know that is uh, which is Quark's specialty du jour among the uh, Davo girls. Um. You could do this episode in any genre. I don't think it's very surprising or interesting to anybody. It's not new ground in Star Trek, even. I mean, you could go from the first one of the first episodes we did with Charlie X, where Kirk right. has to fucking try to take yep. care of this kid, to the one we already talked about with Jono, suddenly human. Like we've Shins been of I, here. of
0: in this one as well, of course. Sure.
1: Like we we've been here, and only Cisco actually being a father is any kind of wrinkle. Yeah. Most of the time it's the Odo situation where they're th- sort of thrust into a new role or whatever. So,
0: Right, the only thing new is that we contrast a new fatherhood, fish out of water, for someone who's sort of reaching the end of the active part of that journey.
1: Yeah, it's a three for me.
0: Yeah, take was not this episode's strength, yeah. I'm afraid. Um, execution, though, what do you got?
1: Uh, I think... What they actually did was a pretty good job of giving us a kind of low-budget, low-stakes filler episode that also advances our understanding of the universe. Mm -hmm. Like, I wouldn't say any plot is advanced here, but we do come to learn a lot about the Jem'Hadar. Yes.
0: Um, We learned about their addiction to drugs, for instance.
1: Otherwise, it's a character episode, and as we've discussed, Cisco's at his best as Space Dad. Yep. Because that's when the actor, Avery Brooks, is engaged.
0: It's when he seems like he cares. It's when he's not uh, Beltranning. Uh, Beltrining. Um
1: So while I'm not super interested in that plot, it gives Avery Brooks something to do. Um, Odo. He had a lot to do in this episode. Odo is this Jemhadar's new dad, was kind of a flop, though. Like, sarcastic, pessimistic Odo is such a wildly naive person in this episode, and it feels kind of weird tonally. He makes a lot of bad choices, too. Like, I'll get into it later, but he reminds me of Dexter's dad. I I will say... (laughs) Dexter's dad is the
0: worst character that's ever been on TV. Odo's Dexter's dad! I will say... We're set up a little bit for Odo's naivete at the beginning. With his obvious shyness for showing Kira and... The fact that he's entering new (laughs) realms. Like he's, uh... You know, he's sleeping naked now. (laughs) And, uh... (laughs) he's really exploring the space and becoming the jungle gym and stuff like that. Like he's very vulnerable with her in that scene, Mm. starting from the fact where he clearly doesn't want to invite her in. Well,
1: I have a theory Uh, about that too. Okay. Um, all in all, there wasn't enough going on and it wasn't perfectly executed, but I actually thought it was fine. I gave it a five.
0: I'm uh, I'm a little better than you on this one. I, I liked it a little better, I guess. Okay. Um, first of all, Avery Brooks directed this one.
1: Oh, hey, check that out. No, no surprise. It was a Jake the Jake episode then.
0: Yeah. Um. But he unlike uh, Riker's first episode, where the offspring, where he's in it for one scene. Yeah. Although it is a good scene. It's, for, it's,
1: for, it's for pretty good stuff.
0: He, by the way, uh, John Frakes. Gets a good performance out of Jonathan Frakes
1: in that scene. That's <laughs> right. He knows his. He he found a way into his psyche. Yeah.
0: Um. Uh. There's like a uh some so Avery Brooks does some different things. There's a rare POV shot when the kid breaks out of sick bay, etc. Oh, that's true.
1: And that's actually not a bad scene because then we haven't seen how quickly he's morphed again or whatever. Right.
0: And we're not necessarily... I don't know if we're sure yet that he's a gem I forget the exact timeline when we figure it out. They didn't say he
1: was when he was just a little boy in those uh, Alexander pajamas. Right. Right. Um, Avery Brooks thought
0: this episode was a meaningful allegory about gangs and drugs. Whoa. And how, like that's the only life that this kid has available to him oh right and of course drugs are a part of this for sure yeah and in fact the drugs are being forced onto these little black boys yeah. not a coincidence that the actors who play the gem hadar are black in this one. Oh, by uh by a powerful race that has all the power.
1: You know, I'm glad right? I didn't to control them. I'm glad I didn't read the memory alpha on this because I like bringing my own um, my own interpretation of the episode right. to the table, but this is very helpful stuff. What I want
0: to say is if that's the case, it's very pessimistic that they're not able to save this kid from the life at the end.
1: Well, you'll see that in some of the episodes where they are even more forward about what they are trying to do in terms of today's race relations and stuff like that, Right. That it does not always end in a good way Yeah
0: um, This episode as you said Covers a lot of ground I said suddenly human I Borg and Charlie X mm-hmm. You brought up What was the other one you brought up mm-hmm. Maybe you didn't Maybe that's all the ones we've talked mm-hmm. about yeah. I thought it was, it was very clear And in Star Trek People's motivations are not often clear Right Uh, why Odo was so engaged with this Jem'Hadar and it wasn't because he was saying it at every turn sure like he there is this when they want to turn when Starfleet wants them to turn this guy over for experimentation you see that Odo has two perspectives on this both he feels a little bit responsible as a founder he's not sure how he's working through that yet and also he's been a lab experiment yeah and so his motivations are very clear in this episode but he's not shouting about it all the time which I always like and, of course, as you said, Cisco always does his best work when he's parenting. Yeah. I thought the B story was uh, fine when you consider that it's a story about a 16-year-old dating a 20-year-old. Yeah. And his dad wants to break them up. So I'm a 7. Ooh, nice. On execution. It's probably the highest execution score I've given in a while. I thought that this episode basically did what it set out to do. I just didn't think that there's a strong take. Like you said, this one advances... Some plot, it keeps the Jem'Hadar front of mind. It keeps the Dominion front of mind while also being a character study. Yeah. Which is always good for Deep Space Nine. Okay. In terms of world building. Yeah. uh, There's a lot about the genetic engineering of the Dominion. Mm -hmm. The way the Jem'Hadar are controlled. um, What the founders can do. All the world building is basically about about the gemhadar and with the exception maybe a little bit of Marta's story and about how common it is to have lost your parents and what people do to cope stuff like that sure how it's looked on so there's some bejor effect of the of the occupation and stuff in there but this is mainly about the Dominion but I think that this sets the stage a lot for the inner politics of the Dominion mm-hmm. as well as uh as well as about the gemhadar so I gave it as many as five points for world building.
1: I agreed. It's a five. And actually, before I continue, I was going to say, when you were talking about what Avery Brooks considered this to be a story about, I was going to say, if it turns out that the gem Hadar are, addicted to this, what we will later learn is called Ketrasell white, uh, the, mm-hmm. the drug, because Cisco wanted to tell this drug story. That would be interesting that that's how it, it ends up being running out through the, the rest of the show and has a very really big impact on the rest of the show because he wanted to tell this gang story.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to remember that Cisco's the director and not the writer. Sure. So he made sure that the way this was realized was about that, but he he's probably not responsible for the story element of the Ketsel White. Okay. But who knows?
1: Uh, let's see. They've had some contact with the Geminar before, but I guess they don't have any biological or genetic data in their archives yet cuz they do not figure out what this kid is until he turns into a Geminar basically. <laughs> yeah, well, they've never had the any advantage over
0: the Jem'Hadar so far. The yeah. Jem'Hadar have always had their number, particularly that first third that they meet. Yeah. Who is... <laughs> he just walks Enterprise in. Enterprise Nausicaan level sophisticated. Yeah, that's right.
1: He walks in and he's like, mm, "Which is, I
0: was hoping to run into a Klingon. Mm. Which is why it's good that this kid was raging because of his drug withdrawal and not just that's how Jem'Hadar are. Yeah. Because otherwise you'd have to be like, I don't know, that guy was fucking on the ball. <laughs> that
1: third was pretty smart.
0: And he was like, mm, I'd hoped to meet a Klingon. <laughs> oh, we know all about the well,
1: Mokhi- Tell us Cardassian about what do you think conflict. about this treaty that you're in. Hmm. Mm,
0: it seems like an uneven treaty. <laughs> mm. uh,
1: salvage is still a market in whatever this economy is. Um, yeah, although
0: 3 I want to say three bars of Latin doesn't sound like a huge amount.
1: I think she thinks it's junk and she's not trying to press it. And he's pretty sure he's going to get junk, but also Umox.
0: Yeah, that's true. I think he's There's paying for the Umox. He is probably paying for the Umox.
1: And then three bars sounds like a lot again, not understanding exactly what the economy is.
0: It's not clear. Sometimes Quark seems to have six hundred bars of Latinum.
1: Yeah. And then sometimes like when he
0: has to evacuate on a shuttle, sometimes it seems like six bars of Latinum would be an awful lot. Yeah.
1: Uh the Jamadars grow super fast, faster than Bashir's ever seen in a humanoid. Uh, this fucker can talk and reason too, so that's a pretty sci fi idea.
0: Boy, particularly when it is revealed that he hasn't eaten yet. Yeah. And then it seems like it's, oh, it's a violation of the law of conservation of energy. (laughs) Yeah, Like, where did the mass for him to become suddenly 10 years
1: old come from? Yeah, what's happening here? Uh, It's a very sci-fi idea. Uh, He's, like, pre-programmed to answer to the founders, so even Odo, I guess, kind of counts.
0: Yeah, I gave points here because there's some definitely some stuff in there that it doesn't seem like you could ever actually genetically engineer into someone like his language abilities yeah. and basic knowledge it seems like but then I don't know maybe I guess if your brain developed so that neurons were already in those specific patterns, maybe it could actually be done but uh clearly it, clearly the gem can do it and as a as a reminder we've already we are already asked to believe that because we've seen that oda was like called to that region oh yeah.
1: It's in his code, so, too. Exactly. Um, anyway, I was going to say, this guy uh, answers to the founders, and even Odo counts, uh, even though he wears what a Klingon would probably call a child's uniform, because it isn't, it isn't all made of knives and old metal plating or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, and quilted material. Don't know why I felt like taking a shot at the Klingons there, but that's what I was doing. Um, The stasis chamber and the busted ship. Uh, so they got the stasis. So what? Um... The teenage geminar have these wild manes that I really like. Yeah, got a cool hairdo. Um, again, I think the first we've heard about the Dominion using drugs to control the geminar. They don't take any chances, huh? Built all kinds of shit into their genetic code, but still went and drugs do the drugs thing too. Yep. Um, they are they born with a cloaking device?
0: Yeah, it I was not. Is that genetic? The first first evidence that that is a genetic trait. That's crazy. Although we already know that the Tosk
1: can do that. Oh yeah, they can, huh? That might be a right. quadrant thing. that can do that over uh, there.
0: Exactly, or shit, we don't know. Maybe the Dominion bred the Tosk for somebody to hunt. Oh, right? I
1: wish they would come back and tell that story. That didn't happen in STO, huh?
0: I don't think we'd see the Tosk again That's in STO. Too bad,
1: that'd be a nice wrinkle. We
0: we In STO, you do actually learn quite a bit about the creation of the Gemini.
1: Yeah, you know... I know I played that uh, chapter um, and also the Herc you know in Babylon 5 they go back and they they try to tie a lot of stuff together and they tell you all about how the Forlons made telepaths exist in all these worlds and everything it would be cool if they'd gone back and been like oh yeah the Tosk no no it's uh that's a Dominion thing they did it didn't really go that well but they did that yeah. um Uh. anyway if they're born with a cloaking device holy shit um yeah that's rough I'd be sold on first run that these j that's what I started to call them here, are here to stay. So this is actually a lot of useful world building, um, but only about one subject and not in a way that fundamentally alters the universe. So it's just good background, which is why it was a five for me as well. Oh, yeah,
0: I agree. Uh, they're definitely pitching like so far in season three. It's been like the dominion art is depressing the station mm-hmm. you know it's everyone's uh, afraid of the dominion they're, threat they're closing the schools the dominion's going to be a threat and what's the big threat of the dominion oh it's these jemhadar yeah. they've really got everybody's number we have i don't think they've even named the vorta yet we've seen two
1: vorta but it's like but they've been pretty coy mm. about what their role is right yeah. so yeah uh characterization We've brought it up before, but now we are here and I have to ask, can this chick get picked up for Statch? I mean, I know he's tall, but he's very clearly still a teenage boy. Like, in his voice, in his face, you can see it. Like, is, what does she see in this little boy? Is this a play for station privileges?
0: Do you want to do this now or do you want to do it in quick hitters? Because <laughs> I think there's there's time in this one.
1: I'm just saying, I think she might be making a play for station privileges.
0: Uh, It could be a thing to bear in mind. She grew up during the occupation. Yeah. Uh, She may just be experiencing normal. Like she's clearly in the same school level as Jake. Right. They're in the same classes. But
1: he's a little boy.
0: Yes. But she might have a little bit of arrested development. She might be experiencing uh, sort of a normal adolescence after the war now.
1: Maybe. But I think laws are laws. And I'm tired of you trying to defend people uh, molesting little boys. I'm going to tell you in a minute why I think that law might not still exist. Okay. Um, anyway, Jake doesn't want to have dinner with his dad uh, and his girlfriend. He writes poetry. He plays dom Domjot. Um, Quark even sexually harasses his business partners, so I guess nobody's immune. Though this lady seems to know what game is being played.
0: Uh, I think it's pretty clear that she does. Like, she probably sold him, as you said, she probably sold him one bar of latinum for the prospect of Umox for three bars. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? One bar's worth of salvage. That's right. For three for three bars. And then she probably just left and never gave him the Umox, oh, right?
1: but I don't know. He he said it was worth it. When he's on the salvage, he looks around at what a bunch of garbage is and he goes, it was worth it, though. Yeah, maybe.
0: Um, Maybe he got him rubbed. Again, this is like... If, if it's not a sex act to her, does she mind?
1: I th- I think everybody, when they're around a Frankie is willing to play the Umox game, so it must not gross other people out. But it grosses me out. Because they're just like, I don't know, man. Like,
0: the ears look dry. It doesn't seem like it's going to be anything. God, it's so horrifying. They just do it
1: with people around. Uh, anyway. Cisco just wants to pump out some more babies. Please remind me of this in several years when we get to the parts where he accidentally knocks up Cassidy Yates. Post spoiler notification. <laughs> um, Cisco doesn't know much about his son, like that he plays dom jot and writes poetry, but like who really knows their teenage kids? Um. Well, no one,
0: but also if you have made no attempt
1: to and instead forced
0: him to go work with Chief O'Brien <laughs> so that he'll be ready for the Academy, even though he doesn't want to go to the Academy.
1: Yeah, even though he straight up told you and you've seemed pretty reasonable about it, but I guess he's still working for O'Brien. Um, but this leads me to my next note. O'Brien is all up in the Cisco's business because Jake still works for him, I guess. They haven't talked about it a lot lately, but it does seem like he does still work for him uh kira buys odo that that plant she says what anyone would say when she walks into the holodeck hey stop teaching the murder boy to murder better um
0: she does spout a lot of racist nonsense after that though yeah that's true Uh, but of all of the characters on the station it is her job to be the racist
1: well i'll get to that too in a second because dax says some stuff that blows my mind um (laughs) yes odo is like me and doesn't want anyone to walk around in the same place where he's watched a porno. So no more guests. No guests ever again.
0: You know, I have, I will say this. I've never been in a bedroom of yours. You're not allowed. Except for in your apartment in Boston when that was the only room you had. That's basically correct.
1: Oh yeah, when on Boylston Street. Yeah, it was just bedroom, bedroom, little foyer. Yeah, well that
0: was all there was in that apartment. Yeah. So what could you do?
1: Um, So that so he's like, what, you want to come in? Ah, oh, fuck, all right. Uh, Anyway, he built an indoor gym. He feels pretty confident he can boss this little Jadar around. Says he feels an obligation. Uh, I don't think he's very good at it. Again, I think he's like Dexter's dad. Just like, don't even try not to murder. I'll just ask you to murder in your mind or on the holodeck. This plan's foolproof. It won't awaken anything in you, I'm sure. If you've never watched
0: Dexter, first of all, don't.
1: Yeah, it's not worth it. It's not good. It's
0: a real, it's going to be a real <laughs> disappointment. There's like five good episodes of Dexter yeah. across the course of all of this various seasons. When you get to the part where it's like, oh yeah, his dad was a cop who trained him to be like the perfect serial killer and leave no evidence behind. And also trained him to only kill bad people. Cause look, you're going to kill. Yeah. You're just going to kill. You're de- Because your mom or whatever Was murdered in front of you And I found you in her blood You're definitely gonna be a killer I know that much I'm a cop That's right So here's how you do it right And morally
1: Exactly Uh, Oh it was that guy Um, His
0: dad would have created a Nazi planet Is what I'm saying
1: Oh 100% Yeah
0: He definitely would have been John Glenn What the fuck was that guy's
1: name You're gonna have to go back and look it up Gil Gil sounds right What was the other name
0: now gill i think was the last name was it john gill it something gill
1: look you keep your notes go back and look um or just fucking memory alpha eight. let me get to my note about dax dax right. says this guy may be a genetically programmed killing machine she's the war for this show i thought that was kira it is, it is john gill uh
0: yeah ordinarily it's kira's place but i guess this is a science idea
1: it's a science idea that he's a genetically programmed killing machine
0: yeah, that is because it's look they've they taught him language <laughs> and to become fifteen in three days. So I maybe
1: it. I get it. It just seems like Dax is a real fucking hard ass in this one. Uh, and I was gonna say I thought Kira was the wharf of this show, and then later it's wharf again. Post spoiler notification. You mean well? Yeah, wharf does become the wharf of this show. Yeah, that's right.
0: Um, Listen, Michael Dorn just knew there was more to learn. We only the really of barely
1: Worf. scratched the surface. After seven seasons in a movie, <laughs> um, decent Cisco, a uh, little bit of decent O'Brien, maybe Kira. I wasn't as high on Odo as you were. Dax is in it too much for me, even though she's barely in it. Uh, for me, it was a five.
0: Okay. Um, I'm ready at this point for someone to confront Kira about her fatalism. Okay. She's sure this kid is going to be a killer. So she's learned that not all Cardassians are bad. She has, barely but she hasn't. Learned it. She hasn't abstracted that knowledge out to like other people. We can be more than our DNA, uh. or don't go around ending micro universes. <laughs> it's like she's she's ready to accept it for the people who actually hurt her. Yeah, but but it's still baked into her mindset, right?
1: Yeah, or maybe it's that she's only willing to accept it when she has specifically encountered the person that proves it wrong.
0: Yeah, she's Homer Simpson at the end of that John Waters Simpsons episode. Right. <laughs> when he says, now if only every gay man could save your life. That's right. Um, Usual Cisco dad stuff, always worth points. Mm-hmm. I thought Odo was spot on. So uh, I gave it as many as five.
1: Okay, we we're on the same page there.
0: We were on the same page, just uh, s- some different. D- the points were allocated differently, but they ended up the same.
2: Yeah. Uh, Quick hitters. Yeah, do it.
0: Uh, hey Odo, I brought you this almost dead plant. Yeah, it looked. Turns out that's all we got on Bajor Looks pretty ratty. Yeah. Yes, writers. If the hot girl in school just read your poetry, she'd know how special you were. <laughs>
1: You think the writers were making Jake them this week? Is it It just whoever ends up with the hot chick is them? It is always a writer
0: yeah. that's lionized in these shows. Never a scientist. It is never a scientist. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Doc, I'm not an expert, but I don't think you should be pumping air bubbles into that kid's (laughs) carotid artery like that.
1: It did look very airy.
0: They use a fucking aquarium pump or something to put the Ketrasol white into him, and it's just fucking a nonstop stream of bubbles yeah, going all right through It's gurgly, it's like.
1: Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, not good.
0: Um, I don't know why Odo gives that kid a mezzaluna to fight with. Like he's gonna fucking chop some vegetables after this. <laughs> oh, you just rock it back and forth. Uh. And then I wrote, Odo is willing to leave his whole jungle gym behind if it'll keep this kid out of the clutches of the Dominion.
1: And gangs. So,
0: in the Star Treks that have preceded Deep Space Nine, we have seen that there is, it is clearly not considered an issue for, say, a superior officer to fraternize with a member of their crew.
1: Yeah, right. that's pretty clear.
0: Like, it's just a 100% cool. Okay. Picard tells uh uh O'Connor.
1: Jesus. Yeah. I don't he mind that care. you fucked my crew.
0: Yeah, fuck them all. They're all adults. Yeah.
1: Um
0: how can that be true? <laughs> right? I think it can only the only way it makes sense in universe and this is fully headcanon is if they just have decided that everybody in the Federation is such a whole and complete person. They're so fully realized that there is no such thing as power dynamics. Even everybody realizes that power dynamics are kind of bullshit. And you know what? Everyone is so mentally healthy now that we don't need to worry about a bunch of rules about consent.
1: Yeah. So even if you are a kid, so I, so what I was... Because
0: I thought about this for a full hour okay. after this damn episode because it seems crazy right now. Right. Uh, first of all, 16 is the age of consent in many
1: states anyway. So whatever. Fair.
0: Second of all...
1: But they did decide he's 16 in this episode.
0: I assume <laughs> the way this goes... Yeah, that's true. Is that at some point as a parent you just are like, you know what? My kid is... Old enough he's fine sure Do you know what I mean like everyone's an individual And we can just go ahead and make Rather than make a law so that We don't have to think about each individual Person and make a decision At some point they're just like Yeah you know what you're Just gonna have to figure out if your kids ready or not And then I don't know here here are all Of the advanced techniques you can use to get Your kid to stop having sex by only talking To them yeah I guess <sighs> I just just like that just doesn't seem to be a problem in the future. No, and, well, it's definitely no, <laughs> well, and it just it only it just only be because humanity is we're all so well adjusted now.
1: They definitely don't make it a problem. That, that it's
0: w- like, hey, you know what? The way we teach these kids now, they'll know when they're ready for the wild thing or not. <laughs> They've all seen that video.
1: That would not be an episode I wanted to watch. The one where they do have to pick up his girlfriend on stage. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, but thank you Reno Nine One One for <laughs> introducing me to the term Statch.
1: Yeah. Uh, Do you have more? You have quick hitters. Oh, i said okay, uh,
0: It's my theory corner.
1: Um, that dabo playing dude in the first scene had a yeah. forehead that looked like two cinnabons stuck haphazardly onto a melon.
0: Yeah, by the way, I gave best actor to Odo, worst actor to Dabo guy, so weird.
1: He wasn't good, it's true. Probably because of his Cinnabon head. Uh, again, Jake's uh, Dabo girlfriend is fucking stacked. They were not being shy about those boobs. They're just like, yeah. here they are. There's a lot of them. Nah, it.
0: well, you know Michael Pillar. Yeah. I'm sure that was the main, it was probably in the casting call.
1: Uh, again, I have here, does Quark saying it was worth it mean he got some promenade head or something, or just Umok's? Um, I actually liked Cisco's delivery of that final line. Have you ever played dom jot with Jake? And O'Brien goes, no. And he goes, don't, don't. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty good. Uh, That was all I had.
0: Yeah. By the way, I did not particularly enjoy O'Brien before that saying, I thought you were going to lower the boom on them.
1: Yeah. That's an expression that still exists, I guess, in uh, 2370 (laughs) or whatever.
0: I'm not, I'll be honest with you, not 100%
1: sure what it means. It's true. It's one of those expressions that I've not.
0: Like, I know what it means from context, but
1: I don't. I've not looked into the uh, uh, origin. What boom? What are we talking about? Like a boom mic? Is that what we're talking about? You're going to accidentally drop it into the scene?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's not great, but uh, <laughs> I don't feel like it would do.
1: That much? It's really yeah, going to like
0: embarrass me. you is what it's going to do. The numbers are coming in. I'm just doing the math here. Mm.
1: Um I know you do all the math in your head.
0: That's right. It's all mental. Last place this week, it's gonna be no surprise, uh, with a total of 14 points, which is mm. extremely
1: bad. Yeah, I mean, luckily two weeks ago they had a worse score, so or three weeks ago, maybe. It's Voyager with Warlord. Yeah.
0: Uh it will be interesting, I think, at the end of this project to determine what the lowest scoring episode not from Voyager was. <laughs> Uh, coming in fourth place this week, uh, with thirty points. So that's not bad for fourth place. Sure, uh, TOS, and this was uh, primarily my fault. I think that they're way down
1: here at at thirty, or my uh, fault. Any other name, or the or my fault the other yeah. way, I guess.
0: And we were eight apart on that one. That's by far our farthest. Uh, third place this week, a slot they're very comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Enterprise with thirty four, with the Expanse. Right. Second place this week with what would have won any of the last several weeks.
1: Yeah, we've been through some bad ones.
0: DS9, The Abandoned, 39 points.
1: That, and that was your winner.
0: That was my winner this week. I had it at 21, you had it at 18. And the winner this week with 40 points, our first 40-point episode since uh, The Search Part 2, so not that
1: long. And it was another uh, it was when DS9 was on a roll
0: when ds9 was really rolling uh tng who watches the watchers a kind of a surprise win
1: well after watching it yeah i thought going in it had a chance because i remember it being real preachy and that usually means it's going to get some points
0: yeah despite all the problems you pointed out with it you gave it 21 points Mm -hmm. i had it 19 uh that was enough uh that is tng's 16th win oh they pull up to a, a tie with TOS, which hasn't won one in, a while. in just a long time. What was the last TOS it's, winner? It's been a while.
1: Uh, I'm looking. Uh, a, oh, boy. A, um, wow. Well, no joke, it's been a very long time. They won in week 35, the Doomsday Machine, and it was a bad week.
0: Yeah. Uh, so TOS has 16 TNG now has 16 DS nine right behind at 13 enterprise four, Voyager two, uh, TNG now pulls into uncontested, uh, lead since they have the tie with wins and a, uh, nearly a hundred point edge in points.
1: Yeah. They're, they're further ahead of TOS than TOS is of DS nine in points
0: in terms of raw points. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Next week, hmm. week 52. Okay. If you're going to play, we're watching The Omega Glory.
1: Which one is that? I, I don't the know. The name is one that at least I recognize as being a... Uh, yeah. A TOS. Uh, Captain Kirk must find the cure to a deadly disease to put an end to another Starfleet captain's cultural interference. Oh, okay. Okay,
0: cool. Prime Directive-y, I
1: guess. Yeah, The Bonding. <laughs> That's the one with Marla Aster. That's the one with Marla Aster. Ooh. Got some Worf coming up. Hey Michael Ooh, Dorn. it's a good one. It's your time. There's gonna be some Picard speeches about how death and understanding death. Yeah. uh also, well, also Worf and the kid are gonna be in that one scene that one set that I don't think we ever see again. Yes. So we'll we'll talk about yes. that. Yes. Uh where they
0: pick out presents, is that what
1: they No, they pick out the kids not there? Presents.
0: What's that one where Worf goes and gets a crystal present for somebody? <laughs> I have no idea. That's the set that I always think of as. <laughs> what set is this? I don't what, know. What's this room where Worf goes to buy a gift?
1: I don't know. We'll talk about it later then because I don't know what that is. Yeah. Uh,
0: we're watching Civil Defense for Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Well, don't get too mad about that because we're also watching The Q and the Gray.
1: Ah, oh, son of a fucking bitch, Voyager. When are you going to make a good one? I already know it's not good. Like, I don't have to watch the episode. It's, it's a Q episode. Of course, it's not God good. Fucking damn it.
0: And, um, the first episode of Enterprise's third season will be the Zindi. Oh, we're getting right into it, I guess. Yeah, we're jumping right in. Okay.
1: It. <laughs> yeah, play along. That's what you should
0: watch if you're going to play
1: along. We didn't get any notes from Ben this week, so maybe next week.
0: No, we, uh, we kind of rushed into it probably because we weren't enjoying the final episodes we watched. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, next week is a mailbag week.
1: Yeah, and uh, mountain goats,
0: and uh, the second round of the mountain goats project.
1: Yeah. Uh, tweet at us at brother date. Send us email. Maybe send us audio clips. Um, at uh, brothers at brotherdate Is that what we're doing? That'll work. Um, do the iTunes. Whatever your podcatcher of choice. We'll pick it up from the iTunes, probably. Yeah. Uh, and we will see you soon. Thanks, everybody.
0: Why don't you just eat pills? I was like, oh, no. They got to get oh, them no. right here. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, he likes the food. Oh, no.